you're really serious with the the hot start, just beginning right off. Like, no one knows what's going on. Who's talking? I was like, did I skip forward 15 seconds? I don't know. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to why don't you come over and talk about it? Why don't you come over and talk about it? Welcome to I've Been Mean to Listen to That, the podcast where we listen to albums we've been mean to listen to and use as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Uh, I'm so excited to talk with our like main guest here today. Like I've been a fan for a really long time, like especially his Kanye videos, just like two like facets of art history. And I really appreciate his perspective on life and just like his wisdom and stuff like that. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk to Stenley. Hi, Stenley. How are you doing? Sorry. I, I, I thought you were talking about me. I thought that was yes. my intro. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, hey, everyone. <laughs> Good to be back on the podcast. And and yes, Professor Sky, what an honor for you to be on here with us. And, <laughs> and I'm just looking forward to just picking your brain because that's what we do best. Um, yeah, it's it's great to talk about Kanye. I don't get to do it enough in my real life. And so whenever I get a chance to do it online, I, I take advantage of that time. So I'm just looking forward to a really positive, light conversation about the life of Pablo. But yeah, like let's uh, introduce our main guest. He's the host of Professor Sky's Record Reviews and the Spam Channel uh, from the desk of Professor Sky. It's Professor Sky paid everybody. Woo! Yay! <laughs> yeah. What is your? You talked about a little bit in the cold open. Well, what is your history with Kanye West and slash Yay? The main, I mean, it really was hearing uh, Izzo for the first time on the blueprint. I was driving in Jamaica Plain in Boston. I still live there. I was driving in the car. I think it was uh, my old Ford Windstar. And, and I asked my friend, Brad, like, who produced this? Like, who made this sound? Like, it really happened like that. And he just said, Kanye West. I was like, I don't even know. What is that? Like, what does that mean? Is that like a cool rapper name? Or like, what is that? And, and then sort of from that point on, I just paid attention whenever he released anything. And then I remember hearing, uh, you know, uh, Jesus Walks. And again, like, it's it's crazy that my memory of Kanye is so site specific that I remember I was that time I lived in Oakland and I was like driving somewhere, I think near the Fox Theater, even somewhere around there. And I remember hearing the song on the radio and just going like, this is the craziest song I've ever heard. I can't believe this. Who is doing this? And then they said it was Kanye West. And so it really was like all the way back then I had that, that, that sense of excitement. Uh, and then I just, and then I just stopped. <laughs> I don't know. I bought the first album and I liked it. And then I didn't listen anymore. And then I saw it away in heartbreak on Saturday night live. And I was like, Oh shit, Kanye sucks. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, this is the worst. And then, and then I was, I was driving in Santa Barbara past the Santa Barbara public library. My three-year-old son was in the car and love lockdown came on. And I said, this is bad. And he said, no poppy, this is good. I got the I got the the CD from the library, which I mean I, I'll say a lot of things on the show that will make me sound really old, but getting a CD out from the library might I might as well say that I I got the tablets from Mount Sinai, <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and then I, I listened to 808 and Heartbreak, and I realized it was great. Probably one of the more fun things I've done. And I've talked about this on the show, but I, I think I deserve more credit than this. So when Jesus came out, 
it didn't have a clean version, right? And I, I listened to Kanye with my kids all the time because they like Kanye and I like Kanye. And they were really into Harry Potter at the time. This was before J.K. Rowling set herself on fire. And so it, it was like I mixed together Jesus with Harry Potter quotes to cover up the swears. So like wow. you, you can find it on YouTube. So it's like instead of I am a god, it's I am Aragog. Um, and instead of new slaves, it's like Dobby is all over the place. So every time he swears, it's just Dobby. Anyways, so that, that's the, the the level of intensity of my of trying to share Kanye with my family. And then and then the reason that I downloaded title, which is the reason that I ended up starting this channel was because of Life of Pablo. And it's yeah. So that's that's my history with Kanye. And, and it's he's my favorite thing to talk about. My favorite thing to talk about used to be. Uh, the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, which I defend with equal vigor, um, but I think now, Amen. <laughs> now, now my favorite thing is uh, is is Kanye. But they're they're actually very related. Which, if you'd like to get to, I, I can ex- describe how they're very similar. Sometimes, uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard you talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like, let's uh, let's uh, quickly turn to Stanley and myself, yes. like uh, about our history about it. Uh, we kind of went through it a little bit, but what is your history with like for any new listener? Like, what is your history suddenly? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm your, your classic Kanye Stan, you know, pardon the pun, because I mean, the name is right there. But, you know, 2003, you know, listening to, um, gosh, I forgot the name. Oh, uh, uh, Through the Wire for the first time. Wow. And just being like, man, like, like, this is something like, I don't know what this is, but this is something. Is he mumbling? Like, why is he talking <laughs> that way? It's funny, like watching the YouTube or the, the Netflix special, yeah. the documentary, and seeing Pharrell's reaction to listening to Through the oh, Wire for the first time, the I feel like we all had that same <laughs> reaction. Like, yo, he's he's doing his wired shot, like his mouth is wired shot while he's spinning these lyrics. And right from then, like there was this grittiness, there's intensity, this passion and purpose behind every, you know, beat, every lyric, every moment that caught me. And I just fell in love with the artist, the individual. My earliest memory is uh, the college dropout tour uh me and my girlfriend at the time we went to go watch it in toronto i'm canadian for those who don't know uh hence why i have this beautiful accent but yeah no so uh so yeah so uh in toronto college dropout uh and i remember running through the sky dome to get to our seats to listen to kanye to not miss and she was there for usher because it was an usher tour <laughs> so she was like i just want to see usher in his abs and i'm like Hey, I'm yeah, gonna let you finish. Watch this. Yeah, watch this. Exactly. Shout out to Usher. And I'm like, you know, hey, I'm gonna let you finish, but this is Kanye West. And I just remember all these you no know, cool guys in Toronto were like, look at this clown running to his seats. But I was like, I cannot miss a beat of Ye or of Kanye. Yeah. So from that time, I just haven't missed a beat. And it's been a rhythmic experience, a lot of uh kind of fast paces and a lot of you know, kind of broken dance moves uh but you know i'm still dancing so still still on board well just a, a quick funny story about toronto so i'm in rochester so that's the closest big city to me is, is toronto so i i saw the the uh the yeezus tour with with kanye in toronto yes and it was funny i was so out of music like i talk about how out of it i was before 2018 i was at the show and when he brought out drake the whole stadium went mad and i was like what's Drake? Like I didn't, I, I had no idea who it was. That was how innocent I was of, of music at the time. So yeah. Were, were, were you, you that what show were you too? doing reading books or something? <laughs> like, 
Were you not watching Degrassi? Yeah. I, yo, I, I was at that same show, by the way. Like, oh. I was literally at the exact same show when Drake wow. came out. And it was so Yeah, good. that's pretty wild. Yeah. But I knew who Drake was. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> probably. <laughs> hey, 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 Sky, I knew who Drake was too. Okay. I didn't go to that show. I was not there at that show, but I knew what Drake was. Um, Yeah. Like, as for me, like, uh, I'll just like kind of briefly and like I'll kind of transition into the next question a little bit too is um, I came into music very late. I like senior year of high school. I mm. like, like became a music fan. Like some people like they, your, their mom plays them like the Beatles. Like they put the headphones on the womb and go listen to Sergeant Pepper. And yep. like they become cultured as an adult. Um, but like my parents are like, like, uh, second generation like uh Korean immigrants so like they don't they don't really like they weren't like and like Christian and stuff like that like that my grandfather owns a church and stuff like that but like when Kanye was like whenever he did a thing I would like check it out I would like listen to Jesus like I remember when Jesus first came out all 10 songs were trending on Twitter like very early Twitter and stuff like that which is like um wild to like like you know wow when you think about it and uh I, I just didn't get it i was like i don't know this guy's mean this guy like <laughs> this guy seems rude he and really wants his like croissants that. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and then like after college i um i remember for some for whatever reason just listening to the zane low kanye interview like the 2013 era one and th- and then just like his quotes about just like uh if you're not if you're a fan of me, you're a fan of yourself like that, that idea. And then talking about just self-esteem, talking just like really um, talking about how like there's like this higher power that's like trying to control people with low self-esteem. And like, I was like, hey, I have low self-esteem. <laughs> like he's talking about me. Uh, <laughs> and like basically it boils down to growing up. I, uh, you know, uh, survived a lot of like sustained uh, like emotional trauma and like, you know, questioned myself worth a lot. I was like, you know, I didn't like fit in and stuff like that. And um, compounded with like the specific strain of Christianity, like Korean conservatism and stuff like that. I felt like constricted, misunderstood and invisible. And then Kanye's music like really just helped unlock a lot of that. And like, like I, I always felt like, oh, life was just a thing that happened to you. And then like Kanye's whole perspective is just like, oh, you can break free. You can be the person you want to be. Like you could be multifaceted. You can be all this stuff. And then, um, and then like, I wouldn't say he like saved my life or whatever, like, but like, I would say it did change my life and it did like, it's life affirming and life changing in a way that's like really special in a way that like, I feel like that that's like there's a time like that's which is why sometimes I get a little like annoyed with people who are like you know like a little like dismissive or a little like just like anything like that so like that's basically my story yeah like I guess the question then is like um because you talk a lot on your show about just like what you believe is artistic uh impact is on the world and like why he's one of the great living current living artists and stuff like that but what do you what is like on a personal just you level what does it mean to you because i told i just kind of talked about mine a little bit what what about you like well i mean so because like what i do you know i'm I'm a humanities professor and so that's what really interests me right like my wife is a scientist and like she knows why cells work and all that and i don't get any of that you know so i'm really fascinated by what human beings can do and like there is kind of a spiritual component for me to that, because I think, 
you know, I think by loving humanities, we can actually love each other better, but I'm not going to start preaching here. But um, I, to me, when I see someone like Kanye, it really is proof of like true human greatness, like what a human being is capable of creating when they are just given, you know, a, he had to fight for the resources, but he now has the resources. When he has the resources, when he has the time, it's, it, it's, it's like, it's going to sound cheesy, but you know, the way I feel looking at a sunset, you know, and I, I will cry at a sunset, you know, cause it's so gorgeous. Or if I see a Cardinal on the bird feeder and it looks really nice, you know, like that's the same kind of feeling I get when I put on you know, FML off of life of Pablo. And I'm just like, how the fuck did someone make this? How did they put all these sounds together? Like, how did this happen? You know, like that, that kind of feeling. And that's, that's what I love about art. Like, that's why I love going to museums. That's why I love watching movies. You know, that's, it's just like, it's proof of what human beings can do. And I, I mean, I sound arrogant when I say it, but I, I'm, I'm positive that he is the best living artist. I'm fairly certain he may be the only like living artist sort of in the, in the grander sense of like, when we look back at the 21st century, the first 20 years, when we say it's, you know, it's that level of, of certainty. So for people who might not know, what is your, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, the only living artist? Well, so, I mean, what interests me the most, because the thing is, you know, we live in a consumer society, right? So because of that, it's, we're really screwed up in the head because we're really convinced that, especially in America and, and, and a little, little bit less, but still in Canada, we actually believe that the, the customer is always right. And that's obscene right? Like that's an obscene thing to say <laughs> because the customer isn't the one who makes the thing. The, the, the artisan makes the thing, right? So the person who made this table is right about how this table is supposed to look, right? So mm-hmm. artists really try to please their listeners. They try to bend themselves to their listeners. You know, I try to do that as a YouTuber and I can't stop myself. I mean, I, I try not to, but still I can't help it, you know? And, and I think what a real artist does, and I don't think there's a lot of artists in, in this category are not only capable of doing what they want to do, but they are so good at it and so effective that everyone else initially rejects, eventually accepts, and then adopts. And so that's, that's what, you know, that's what the Beatles did, right? I mean, the Beatles, why are they making all this weird music? All of a sudden, everyone's making this weird music. And it's not like they invented it. It's not like Kanye invented everything he does, but he follows his vision. And then his vision becomes the culture. And then he changes it again. And he just keeps doing it. And he doesn't always do it as well as he did it the last time, but he keeps doing it. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, here's a question. Here's a the like a like a broader question. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think like the way he's changing culture again and again and again is pos- Like, is positive basically? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the world is such a better place for how how he's changing culture because he's he's making up for a lot. I mean, Drake is a great example. I like Drake and I don't mean to offend a Canadian in the room. I like Drake quite a bit. And I've, I've reviewed all of his recent albums positively. And I think he's good. You learned about him in like 2013. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But, but like, you know, like that would be it. Like that would, you know, that would be our pop star. That would be the person who's sort of driving things. And, And that's great. But to have somebody who every time he does something, you have to, 
you like, like we were just saying, you have to deal with what he's doing and you have to try to figure out if it's what everyone's going to be doing. And yeah, no, I think it's a really great thing. And we don't always have people like this, you know, like, like I don't, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in the nineties and, and you know, what, what do we have? We had Kurt Cobain and then he killed himself and then, you know, whatever, Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam, and they hid in the woods you know, I mean, you know, Radiohead is probably the closest thing musically that we had to that just as a as a group that reinvented itself and then forced people to come along with it multiple times. Uh, but, you know, in general, it's like Kubrick, the Beatles, Kanye, George Lucas, you know, Picasso, who we'll get to. Um, yeah, that's that's my favorite kind of art because I'm I'm always pissed. I'm always pissed the first time I listen to a Kanye album. Every single time I go, fuck, he finally fucked up. He finally didn't do it. What is this? Jesus bullshit. I don't want to hear gospel. I hate <laughs> this. Not every minute, every day, every hour. I hate it. I'm never going to like this. And now I put that album on every minute, every millisecond. And I love it. Can, yeah. I, can I really add something to that? Because I, I think what you're speaking to is is human vulnerability. And I feel like in in the 21st century, there's a lot of push towards authenticity, but the way that we choose to be authentic are the most inauthentic manners, like social media, for example. Mm -hmm. And yet Kanye, I think what was really great about, what is great about him is that he's maintained this sense of vulnerability and to his detriment. You know, there are many occasions where he could have just been like, like you said, like, Hey, think about the consumerism and, and Kanye is a capitalist. Like he is, a, he is, he loves the idea of consumption and people purchasing his products at a price that he deems worthy so that he doesn't have to, you know, do things like, um, dance with the stars, dance with the stars. Thank you. I was listening to your video. Very good point. Um, so, so, so he does love that, but he also is someone that tries through the consumerism, through the capitalism, tell us like, Hey, you don't actually need to do this. And what's more vital, what's much, what's a much, what's a much better currency is the vulnerability that comes with listening to an album and saying, I fucking hate it. Or that comes with looking at a political system and saying, this fucking sucks. Or that comes with, you know, looking at someone and saying, I fucking love her. You know, so that vulnerability is what lacks, what we're lacking. It is the key to unlocking the truest sense of humanity. And I think that Kanye, through all his faults, his his superpower is that is always trying to unlock that key and nobody else wants to do it and so we can't lose the one guy who's willing to unlock it because it could save us not to be kind of dramatic but it could end up saving us no, I, I i love it because it it does point to the sort of the general paradoxes of kanye where you're saying like you're totally right about the vulnerability and then also he often appears invulnerable and appears distant and appears the same way that everyone calls him the most egotistical person in the world. Yet every person he's ever worked with to a fault says he is the greatest collaborator they've ever worked with. So like both these things are true in one human being at each time. And yeah, I think you're, I think you're onto something with the, the vulnerability. I like that. I think he, like you're like in your video, you was talking about like how he, ha he has to like, uh, win capitalism mm -hmm. to defeat capitalism. <laughs> He's like a big, he, but it's also like, I read a comment on a Reddit thread, like where it said, like, they they watched one of his interviews and they were like, oh, he's a full blown socialist, but his MAGA hat's like too tight, basically. <laughs> yeah. that, the, the, the idea, that's the idea. It was just like, um, the idea of like, if you listen to some of his ideas, he's like, you know, consumerism is like, 
set up to make you unhappy like they put like the your work in the city so that you drive and then you use gas and blah 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 and like um you know fashions like set at these high prices to like make people feel like make the rich feel like get the rich richer the poor stay poor like he has these like you know and like he has these like interesting ideas um but he's also like uh, he said something along the lines of just like, I'm not crazy. If I was crazy, then none of this would have worked. Yeah. And like there's but that's like the thing is like he's he was rewarded for, you know, like his capitalist way. So there's an element of like, why would he why would he give it that? Like, why would he just like fully do do that? Like, why would he like go full like socialist? Why would he go full, you know? Like without like letting stuff go, basically, and it's just it's like I, I but I, but to me like and then people go, but the to me that's like the really beautiful tension with Kanye too, like the idea of just like, uh, people go like, well, how could he critique capitalism and then sell a bunch of shoes for this much money? But that's but I to me when I look at that I go. Oh, that's just the tension of being a person living in America. <laughs> yeah. That's the tension. Like, what? Like, that's like, he is just like bearing it all. He's like showing us ourselves in a way. Like, maybe not everybody, but he's showing us a lot of us in a way. And like, I think it's like, uh, and like also some of the misogyny he's showed. Like, yeah. he, the, he's like, um, He's I just like watched a lot of videos of him. He's like he said something along the lines like hip hop doesn't actually like create trends. It just reflects trends so that when uh, I like my boss yells at me and like I can't hit him because if I hit him, I'll get fired. Then I go home to my wife and yell at her like and like or go to like the booth and go, yo, this sucks. Like, you know, I hate women and stuff like that. Like um, if, if you like it basically permeates. So like some of his lyrics is just like a reflection of our culture and like a reflection of, and also like why he could, why he could attack Pete Davidson for like uh, this sustained bully him, yeah. like belittle him, do this, these horrible, like borderline abusive things. And like our culture just like lets it happen, you know, at the same yeah, time. That, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, while we're heaping all the, the praise on Kanye, you know, there's, He's definitely unwell. And it's one of the funniest things that whenever I, I say that on one of my videos, you know, the, the Kanye stands will come after me and they'll say, how dare you, you know, diagnose him? I'm like, I'm not diagnosing him. I'm saying he's unwell. You can say that's not a diagnosis. That, that's an observation, you know, but I mean. It, Does he look happy to you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it, that is, that's the other tension about being a Kanye fan and talking about the Pete Davidson thing. I mean, I, I don't care at all about the Pete Davidson thing. He can talk as much as he wants about Pete Davidson. I just, what drives me crazy is the way he talks about his own kids. Like that's the, the, the father in me. And especially the father who's been through a divorce, the father who got through his divorce primarily because he had Jesus. I mean, Jesus, the combination of Jesus and random access memories coming out in the same year, that was the best year ever to get divorced. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't even married. I don't even know how he knew to write a song like blood on the leaves with. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, you know, like that, that's the, I mean, that, that is, that is really tough. And I, I had a really hard time in this last year because I don't mind him saying crazy stuff and doing like terrible things like supporting Candace Owens. Cause like, that's all kind of 
fits in with his general thing. But but when he's going after his kids, I don't know. That was that was tough. Yeah, let's let's like before we get into Pablo and like I think we'll lavish a lot of praise on that album. Um, maybe some parts will like kind of like notice some trends that just like oh, it, a lot of the stuff that started with a lot of the stuff that we see in Donda Two and like this like cycle started here or at least like like some of the ideas grew and festered into something like more unmanageable with like the donda 2 like yay today i guess um but like let's uh talk about like let's just like take a little bit of emotional inventory on post larry hoover concert which we all enjoy there was a night that was like our, me and stanley like watched that like kind of together quote unquote like we like um we like waited for the stream and like we watched like we like messaged each other while it was happening we were so happy it was like i was like true because like that was the like the really sad part is like in that like fall you know to like winter era he seemed like really well he seemed like he was healing he seemed like he was like he had like that thanksgiving prayer which was like really beautiful just like admitting his faults and admitting the thing like I have this alcohol, I have this alcoholism problem. I, you know, I should have listened to my wife. I should have like done this and this and like, and uh, I think Sky, you pointed out, well, that's probably because he thought there was a chance he'd get back together and stuff like that. And he wasn't fully processed with that divorce. Um, And then, yeah, like Stanley, I guess we want to turn to you first. Like, how did that, what was your experience with like, 2020 early 2022 Kanye shenanigans yeah it was it was tough because because I I just thought it was corny like as a as a, a person who I think tries to deal with his own emotions in a you know mature way I just thought that at the very least like doing the stuff that he was doing online was was corny and I I, I kind of get it like if you had so much hope you know I rewatched I actually watched the Hoover concert last week and it was amazing but him like saying like come back to me Kimberly you know it was it was really the hope was still there and you could see like every song he was kind of like yep 18 years 18 years you know that everything kind of resonated to this relationship that he was so grasping for and once it was done like it was over well then he turned his attention towards what he thought was you know the classic guy thing it's not my fault I'm gonna blame something exterior that exterior was Pete Davidson and then it became this you know, snowballing where he has stands like me who follow his every word. So he can really snowball this into what he thought was like a really big public opinion push towards reconciliation with Kim, where in fact, it became the opposite, where it's like, if Kim had any inkling of going back to Kanye after maybe the second or third or 20th post, she was like, this is definitely I was right. My intuition was right. This is done. And so it was hard. It was hard. At one point I wrote on Instagram, like, you know, I don't condone the language here that Kanye is using. It's abusive. Like he shouldn't be saying the things that he's saying about, you know, about Pete, about his wife, about his kids, like all that kind of stuff. And yet reflect on it now, the, the vulnerability that, that we love, that I love about Kanye, it's hard to ask the guy to turn that off when his personal life is to his own detriment or his own responsibility is on such a huge public platform. So, so he, he is, he is vulnerable to a fault and that vulnerability gives us Pablo gives us college dropout, gives us 808. And then it gives us the tweets and it gives us the abusive language. And so 
there's a there's it's hard to reconcile the two things like we like sky said earlier and uh, i'm trying to reconcile it i like the quietness right now of kanye <laughs> i feel bad for fans who were going to rolling loud this weekend and are not going to get to see yay perform i'm kind of happy though that he's not performing because i want i want peak like saint paul i went to the tour it was peak kanye watch the throne peak kanye eight i didn't see it waits um Jesus. Peak Kanye. I don't want this kind of, I'm forgetting the lyrics. I'm not really into it. I'm doing it just because type of thing. So I'd rather he go away and really do whatever he wants to do next. And if it's more music, I'm down with it. But if it's not, I'm okay with it too, because we've been blessed with, like you said, Sky, arguably the greatest artist of our generation. What about you, what about you Sky? Uh, what, do you, what was your experience with that rollout and stuff like that? Well, I mean, it was particularly interesting because you know, I came, you know, I really like the song easy. Um, and I, I came at it pretty hard in my review, just sort of saying, this is the worst thing he's ever done as, as far as like, as a human being, because he was yelling at his kids for being spoiled, right. Which is, it's not their fault. <laughs> They're spoiled. Um, but then I don't know, I got a lot of comments from a lot of people saying that I, that I'm missing the sort of larger sociopolitical thing, which is there is a long tradition of African-American men having their children taken away from them for good reasons or for bad reasons, but in general, the court system. So like there's this whole other, whole other conversation, which obviously I'm, I, I, I believe when I'm told, but I don't presume it because I, you know, I don't know. I don't, that isn't my life. So that was pretty interesting. And that helped me to understand it a little bit differently because my initial take was just like, Kim, like, I don't really care for, I mean, I, I, I don't have any real thoughts about Kim Kardashian, except that, you know, she seems like she likes fame. Um, but like, I was just, I was really hoping that she got away, that she took the kids away, that I was really hoping that Kanye doesn't see the kids when he's like that, that he doesn't go to the birthday party because, you know, the, the kind of biological imperative that like, oh, because I'm related. No, just because you're related doesn't mean you get to come in and treat your kids like shit. It, it means you have to figure it out and then you can see. Um, but yeah, so that that was that, that was interesting because I, I didn't, that put me in a weird state because that was an added element to it. And then it seemed like, I mean, the other thing is like, I don't follow Kanye on Instagram. I don't even keep up with Kanye. Like I don't keep up with Kanye news. Like for all this, like, it, it seems like affect, but like, I really am just like a family dude who just like works his job and stuff. So like, like, I'd like, even though I cover all these artists who have like the biggest fan bases and they get so into it, I'll be like, oh, cool. Kanye almost released an album called Yandi. I never heard it. Like I've never heard a single song off of Yandi. And it's like, that's, I'm the biggest Kanye fan in the world. And there's an entire Kanye album that's not even there. So yeah. So I think also I was a little bit sheltered from how crazy he got because like, I just heard it through the music and that, <laughs> that line about the Mac and cheese and, and this isn't your mama's house. I was just like, I've been there, you know, like when I went through the divorce, like I was there. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not capable of those feelings. I had those feelings. I probably did the same thing, but I wouldn't put it on tape, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah. And can I just push back a little bit because, because we, because I think the part of that, we forget is that we don't really know because we're not in the room where it happens, right? Like we're not actually there. So we get music and then there are lyrics in there that we interpret and we say, okay, well, wow, this is actually really detrimental and scary. And then we get clips and we're like, oh, well, there's something problematic about that clip, but we don't know, you know, like that whole birthday thing, for example, like people are like, wow, like Kanye's on blast. 
or blasting Kim on, on social media. And then there's a picture of him at the party and he's like laughing with Chris Jenner. Right. So, so, so we don't know the actual inner workings of those relationships. I think I had a moment uh, recently when uh, I think it was uh, North was at fashion week and she like was calling paparazzi homeless and like, why are you recording (laughs) us? And I thought it was hilarious, but then I thought, wow, I'm part of this problem where I'm now consuming media around their kids. And it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like why, why even do that? You know, why even consume that information? Because it doesn't help the family dynamic and it doesn't feed anything positive into my actual life. Like it's not art, it's not music, it's not theory, it's nothing but just pictures and then gossip. And so yeah. I think like, us as fans, at least me as a fan, I'm, I've kind of realized now that, you know, when things get loud, it's okay to just be quiet, you know, and when things are quiet, it's cool to enjoy the silence mm-hmm. because sometimes we just get so loud and Kanye, Kanye used to get really loud. Yeah. <laughs> right. He even say like, you know, the reason why he stuck with Jay-Z and not Dame Dash is because his delivery was so harsh and Jay taught him how to move in a room full of vultures. Right. So, so he, he knows that he has a harsh delivery, even though the medicine is so soothing, but it's like, um, Buckley's right. Like it tastes nasty, but it works. And so, so we don't have to always take the Buckley's if we're not really sick. So I'm trying to like, not take the Buckley's that is, is that a Canadian thing? What's Buckley's? Oh, you guys don't know what Buckley's is? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know what that is. I was like, I know you guys did an episode about Jeff Buckley like last week. I think it was a little yeah. bit of that too. I was like, is this, was that a bad episode? Sorry. Or? No, it, it's just, co- it's cough syrup. It's a cough, oh, syrup. cough syrup. Okay. And, and the tagline is it tastes nasty and it works. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I, well, that's embarrassing. Where's Drake at? Drake, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Drake. Uh, anyway, that, that was just my point, my thought on what you said. Just so you know, I'm going to retain that and I guarantee you that will be in a video of mine in the next year because that, that's going to bounce around <laughs> my head. That, that's a great shorthand. Like, it tastes nasty, but it works. It's great. What's like uh, West Side Gun? Yeah. Like the Buckley's? Exactly. A, a gangster rap? Like, that's yeah. like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Now you're, now you're writing my script for me and you have to give me yeah. credit. <laughs> um, but like, I think like your point about uh, Sky's point about like uh, the racial element of uh, Kanye's, you know, the father, like, and like fatherhood is such a big theme in his life and such a like a like a trauma point for him too. It's just like his father leaving or not being present and stuff like that, and him not wanting to. He talks about like, uh, what's the point of being rich if I can't be next to my kids? Yeah. Because like being poor um, and black separates you from your kids and stuff like that and then like so he defeated capitalism so that he can like i i didn't interpret it as like stalking like kid i thought he just like wanted to be like right next to his children and stuff like that and so there's a lot of reasons to be sympathetic to him sympathetic and empathetic yeah like the and like the idea of like he lost his first family with donda like donda passing away and then him losing a family again and then like uh this guy this guy replacing him and like the 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 um like potentially being alienated from his kids potentially like you know uh being phased out and stuff like that and that fear of like that's why he kept saying things like i'm fighting for my family and stuff like that but then like 
Trevor Noah put it best. It's just like, there's a difference between fighting your family and fighting for your family. And I think he was like fighting his family. He was like, just like in a way that wasn't very helpful. And um, so like, I think um, while that like, like your the racial, just like the Will Smith slap, just like there are like multiple angles. You can kind of look at it like with racial, the racial element and like the toxic masculinity element and like all like famous person element and stuff like that yeah um with this like it's also like I, all i'll say about it is just like it was embarrassing and it was like really shameful to be a fan at the time and it was frustrating i would like look at my phone at 8 a.m and like wonder like what did he do what did he do say today <laughs> yeah. like true like i i might like i did like block him off of my thing just like i can't like even if he comes up with a new thing i just like i'll just hear it through the grapevine i won't like follow like like stanley was saying i'm not going to like feed into this thing like I, this is like thing that's not helpful um yeah, it's, it's yeah c- come over to my side it's much easier you just sort of have vague awareness of him being a super asshole and you, if you hear it in the music you hear it in the music he's also kind of cursed with his with his like greatness because I mean, saying George Bush didn't care, doesn't care about black people. That's like one of the great statements of the 21st century. That one of the best, most efficient political statements. That's one sentence long. He went off script wearing that stupid shirt next to Mike Myers. <laughs> no offense. Uh, next to Mike Myers. And, and Mike Myers is like, oh, uh, you know, and like, you know, like that was, I mean, I imagine it's hard in Kanye's mind to separate going after Skeet Davidson versus saying George Bush doesn't care about <laughs> black people. Like I imagine that to a certain extent, like it's, it, it probably comes from a similar place. It's just, he has trouble sort of differentiating, like, when am I being a hero? When am I being a villain? Yeah. And like, I think like some, some of the press about it was very unfair. Like, I think like the Kardashians have this machine behind them that like they're the publicity machine that like really helped them, you know? And it, like, I don't think, Pete Davidson's completely innocent either. I don't think like, like um, DL Hughley called Kanye out for being abusive and stuff like that. Like, Hey, like, and like Kanye got really mad at him and said, I, I, I have enough money to end you if I wanted to, or something <laughs> weird to that effect. But then later he DL Hughley was like, no, he's a good dad. Um, and also the fact that he like tattooed Pete Davidson tattooed his kids names on his neck or whatever. Like DL Hughley himself was like, those aren't your kid. Those aren't your children yet. Like that's yeah. like, that's like really like strange and stuff like that. And like, but yeah, I was just like really ashamed to be a fan. I was like really um, hurt and ashamed. And just like, this is like a new low for him and stuff like that. And I'm scared it's going to get worse um, if he doesn't like heal in the next year or whatever. Um, it's kind of like um, <laughs> my relationship to Christianity or like Catholicism a little bit where it's like, Hey man, I just really love Psalm 23. I think that's a great <laughs> verse. I think that I think that verse is rad. And then just like, well, if you like the if you if you're a Christian, you support this, you support this, yeah. you, like like then and it's just like really hard to like separate and stuff like that. It, it, because it's it, much it easier to be a Kanye fan in 2022 than to be a, a Jesus fan in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Ka- Kanye, Kanye might be fucking up his kids, but the, the, the far right Christians are fucking up our entire civilization. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, li- I like the parallel though. Cause you're like, Jesus, Jesus is cool. Read, read what he said. It's yeah. some really great stuff. Actually. I mean, the yeah. it's hard for me to give up Kanye though. It's like, cause like, 
I feel like I need this, right? I feel like I need his music. It really helps me. It really get, helps me get through a day and stuff like that. And then just to listen to like graduation or whatever, and then feel like, oh, I am supporting this institute. I'm supporting this. I am enabling this to happen. Like that was like a point of like shame for me. I, I And then I my just like the thing, the last thing I'll just say is like, I reserve the right to not know the correct answers. I reserve the right to be wrong. And then I reserve the right to change my mind if I get new information and stuff like that. And like, maybe in a year, I just like won't care about Kanye. Like uh, I'm feeling that a little bit, like it really tested my patience. Mm-hmm. I think if he kept, I think if, if he sustained this, this like behavior from February to now, I don't think I, I might not be a fan anymore. I might be like, this is too much. I can't look at this every single day of my life. Uh, he like stopped at like the time I blocked him and stuff like that. Like, and it's just like, so that's, that's just really it right now. Like the the comparison that, that I would say is that like, I never, I will never say I'm never going to listen to Harry Potter or read Harry Potter. And I hate JK Rowling because she's a bigot and all that. Like, I'm never going to say that, but like, I literally cannot, I, I tried to, you know, listen to Harry Potter again. I tried to watch the movies again. And like, it's not even like I'm thinking like, God, I hate her. She's such a, but I hear it and it just bums me out. And I, I think about my trans mm-hmm. friends and I think about the trans community and it's just like, I can't do it. Like the same way that like, I can't really listen to Michael Jackson. I mean, I can something, I mean, that's, I can push through usually, but still, you know, like I think about it and it, it, it's just, it's not even necessarily that I'm canceling or that I'm stopping. And I don't think I would ever get to that point with Kanye, you know, unless he was, you know, really brutal with his kids. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. That it's, it, I don't even think it's always a conscious choice. Like, I think when people say that they're doing it, then they were just ready to do it in the first place. It, it's mm-hmm. really, you know, like, I love R. Kelly. Like, I, I love R. Kelly's music, but I just, I just can't listen to it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, but at the same time, the Rolling Stones sing in the sixties about sleeping with 15 year old girls. And then when they play the song live, they talk about 13 year old girls and they a hundred percent slept with many, many girls under the age of 15 in the seventies and sang about it. And we all know about it. And I'm sure they're going to play the, the, the CN tower, you know, next week. So, you know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like what's what's our limit, right? Like, and everyone, it's like um, it's like a an investment fund, but instead of it being like a crypto, it's it's art, and it's like you know, if you invested enough time into Rolling Stones, then you're kind of telling yourself, well, you know what, I I'll ignore these lyrics. Some people can listen to R. Kelly now, and it doesn't mean they're bad people. I think that's the part that yeah. I get hung up on. It's like. Yeah, am you, I a bad could, dude? Yeah, yeah, and you're not. Like, I don't think that you're a bad person if you consume. Because, like you said, Andrew, where's the line? Because we all live. My brother was telling me this uh, last weekend. We all live in a capitalist society, and so if we're all contributing to capitalism, we're all by default bad people. <laughs> so, so what, at what point do we get to that point and we say, well, I could, you know, push for a socialist agenda, but. Hey, I like my cool cars and my my awesome trip. So I'm not going to, you know, cut that off. Like I'll cut off an R. Kelly. And that's fine. But the judging that happens within communities and within fan bases, I think is where it gets problematic for me. It's like, hey, I can still love Kanye and you can hate Kanye. And that's totally fine. We just don't have to have a conversation about it. Let's talk about, you know, something else. 
you know, because I can talk about a lot of different things. So let's have other conversations. And I think that's where I'm at with my fandom. I used to be a Kanye bully. Like I used to push my fandom <laughs> yeah. on people like, no, you're going to listen to me talk about Jesus because his interviews were so good. And you're going to understand it. Like I understand it. And now I'm like, hey, if you like it, awesome. You don't like it, send it right back, you know, because I can still enjoy it, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. So that that idea of, of pursuing forceful community I think I'm over it now. I think that's mm-hmm. what I'm over is forcing Kanye community on people. It's cool if you don't like Yay in 2022. It's awesome. 2004 to 2016, I don't know. You're kind of off. But <laughs> 2022, I get it. I get it. So mm-hmm. that's that's where I think what we're trying to say uh, about Yay, Mr. West. So, yeah, let's. Um, but, yeah, I just like to get that out there, out of the way. We might cut that down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, the life of Pablo. So, yeah, this is I guess this is the part of the show where we want to, like, hear your trademark nerdy art history perspective on uh, Pablo Picasso and how it because yeah, I think you challenged like you. I think in one of your videos, you said something along the lines like, hey, asked me about Pablo Picasso <laughs> and Kanye and like how they relate and like maybe how Kanye might be more important of an artist than Pablo Picasso and stuff like that. Um, so I, t- I just want to take you up on that challenge and like, let's um, yeah. Like <laughs> I just like, I-, I would love to hear the professor's guy lecture on that, I guess. Okay. Well, well it's, so the way I think about it is this, the reason that Pablo Picasso is such a good comparison, like a better comparison than Monet or Van Gogh or whatever, is because what Picasso really did was severely change art over and over again. And he did it by changing style and by adapting. And he was not a nice person. You know, there's a great Modern Lover song called Pablo Picasso. No one ever called him an asshole because he was a complete asshole and just just bad to women, bad to men, bad to everybody. He was greedy. He like figured out ways to use capitalism to like sell his brand and his name. But, you know, when he, when he started off, he had a certain style and then eventually he developed his famous for his blue period. And he painted everything in one particular style. And then he switched out of that and he switched to what's my personal favorite, which is his rose period, which came right after that. And like, just if if you ever can, if you ever see one of his paintings, that looks very kind of pink. Just look at his hands. Like, like I was talking earlier about like weeping at sunsets, like the way Picasso paints hands, it's just, it's in, it's insane. Like it's that same feeling that, that you get listening to great music or, you know, where you just can't believe he can do it. And, and, and like, then after that, he co-founded Cubism and, and really helped to completely shatter the, the sense that people had of what was it, what was representational art and could you take it from multiple perspectives? Could you break it down into planes? Could you like stretch representation to its absolute limits? And then that's what helped bring art to the point where it completely smashed representational limits. And so Picasso did all of that. And like, we're still in like 1920. And he dies in 1973. So there's still <laughs> like another, you know, it's not all going to be that that fruitful, you know, but he paints Guernica, which is, you know, just this amazing, gigantic mural that's against war and against militarization. And then the end of his life, he, he keeps working on different styles and different patterns. And he just was so capable of, of just, just having that feeling of just having culture and just being able to just shift it and just say, well, why don't we do this now? 
and, and everybody having that sense behind him. So when I think about Kanye in relationship to Pablo Picasso, it's because who am I talking about? Pablo Picasso or Kanye? When I say a great artist who started off and changed his style multiple times and while changing his style, changed the entire art world behind him so that they had to go along with him, you know? And that's what very few artists are able to do. So, so that's why when he calls himself Pablo Picasso, I don't laugh. When he calls himself Einstein, I laugh because I don't understand Einstein. I mean, maybe you'll get a scientist on you who tell me, I don't, I mean, I don't really understand Einstein at all. You know, yeah, we are like getting a pop Escobar uh, expert yeah. on our next episode. Okay. <laughs> but you know, like that, that's why, like when he compares himself to Elon Musk, I get so pissed because like Elon Musk is a fucking idiot. Like, like <laughs> Elon Musk is nothing compared to you. He should feel so blessed to be sitting next to you. You know, it really is a very fair comparison that he makes because he is just following his vision and he's able to, to change the world behind him. So that that's that's my basic. Do, do you feel I, I responded to the challenge or do you have? Uh... Yeah, 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 too. <laughs> like um, you also like posited that like he might be Kanye might be more important or something like that. Or like what was your perspective? On that? OK, so I mean, it's hard because we're living in the we're living in the Kanye moment. Right. And, we, and we've been living in the Kanye moment. But when you actually think about what he has done really the only artist I think you could really compare him to is George Lucas at this point. And even then I would say he goes beyond, beyond that in terms of like, he, he doesn't like, he changes the way things are done. Not only like what is done, like he changes the way art is made. Right. Like, I mean, 808 and heartbreak. I mean, you just, all, everyone just stopped. Everyone just started making totally different music after that. Right. I mean, we're still hearing it. You still turn on the radio and you're still hearing the drum sounds that Kanye brought back in 2007. Right. Like, so, so the fact that he's able to do that in music and then that he did it in fashion, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I, I watch, you know, I have college students and college students in general are the ones who are modeling the fashion. And like, I remember seeing, seeing Kanye on Jimmy Kimmel, wearing really torn up jeans and i'm like what is this a bon jovi concert <laughs> like like why is he dressed so stupid and i swear to god two months later all my students had these ridiculously ripped up jeans and i remember seeing the yeezy fashion show i'm like who the hell wears this this is all drab and dull and boring six months later all my students are wearing gear that looks like looks like Yeezy, you know like looks and, and so I think that's why it seems to me that I, I know everyone makes fun of the Donda player. I don't, I have it right here. Um, you know, like everyone makes fun of all these things that he's doing, but he just, he's able to so consistently change everything and so consistently move things forward and challenge everybody and, and get weird things where you're sitting there and you're listening to a gospel album and you're like, fuck, this is Kanye who's, Who's making me listen? To, yeah, so that I think that's. I mean, you know, who who knows if if he's more? But also on top of all that is the fact that he's a great performance artist, which I talked a lot about in the lead up to Donda. You know that that he's taken that on, and he's able to do all these things. Yeah, I, I don't know. I 
I think when all is said and done in the 24th century, when they look back on these years, the, the, the chapter on Kanye is, is going to be that thick and the chapter on Picasso is going to be that thick, you know, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I forgot this is a podcast. Um, <laughs> I made a smaller finger motion with my, uh, my hands. <laughs> like, and also like, I think the most um, inspiring thing about Kanye that I really relate to is that he does that and people laugh at him yeah. and then it works, yeah. you know, like I think, and that's like the scary thing about the presidential, yeah. like, like that's like, Oh no, like, <laughs> Oh no. It's like, it's not the craziest thing to count it out completely. I don't think it will. Ha- I don't, I really, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like, I don't know how he'll get everyone on board yeah. for that to win. But like, I like, I like, but the idea of just like, he said like the most inspiring thing he said in a recent interview is like someone like said, but they're going to laugh at you. Like, like, and then he said, but we're going to do it anyway, because that's just like a smoke screen. You break through. Like, that's not actually re- like people laughing at you. People like that, that stops so many people like that, you know, like someone going like, that's a stupid idea. Like you should not, you shouldn't follow your dreams. You shouldn't be a fashion designer. You shouldn't be a rapper because you're a producer. You're this, you're this thing we thought of you as, and then him breaking free, breaking through that, that, that not real thing is very inspiring when I'm a guy trying to, trying to like make a career and like doing art and like doing this thing I love and doing this thing I care about and like still doing it for like multiple years. And like, um, I think it, I just find that very inspiring and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's. I mean, I mean, again, I'm I, I tried to be an artist when I was younger. I still consider myself to be pretty creative, but you know, like there's that moment, whether it's a podcast or YouTube channel or whatever, where you just go, I wish that I had done this thing already, or I wish this thing existed, and then you have to push yourself to do it, and then th- there is a part of you that I mean, at least that was a part of me that that thought about Kanye, you know, when my, when my videos were getting, you know, I used to get under, under 50 views on all my videos. I mean, that was standard. And I was, I was still doing three to four a week and I was happy because, you know, I I like thinking about music, but I was like, this is fun, you know, but like, I want to do this. And so it exists. And yeah, that's. And I think that's, that's the beauty of, of, of yay is, is that it's not so much about him succeeding. It's about providing people with the actual representation of what trying looks like and mm-hmm. then allowing other voices to then fill in those gaps where he may have failed like you mentioned Virgil and like you know Virgil and Kanye in the fashion world were you know the dynamic duo yeah and Virgil is Virgil on his own merit mm-hmm. but Virgil gets to be Louis Vuitton Virgil because Kanye spends all this time yelling screaming at <laughs> Louis Vuitton and at all the other fashion houses about hiring him yeah. So, so, you know, like Travis Scott gets to be Travis Scott because Kanye does Jesus and leaves it kind of in imperfect. Yeah. Uh, and then Travis Scott comes in and is like, well, I, I've got, I worked on Jesus. I've got the sound down pat. I can commodify that to a, a bigger clientele. So it's like, it's like, that's what makes Kanye so awesome is that it doesn't fucking matter if he succeeds. Yeah. What matters is that he tries. Yeah. And that he will try, he will succeed in his head before he actually succeeds in real life. 
which then makes him somewhat of a visionary or, or prophetic because then when it succeeds, you hear it and you're like, oh, he called it. But he didn't call it knowing he was going to succeed. He's just that confident, arrogant, blinded by the reality of life that he's like, no, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. Watch in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and then 10 years later, it happened. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Did I help him make this happen? Like, I don't know, but like, it just happens. And not you know, everything so. like he says happens. Yeah, you know, not everything. Right. Like sometimes he'll just like, I forgot. I didn't like, I didn't do that. Yeah. Like yeah. and stuff like that. But like, or just he'll have like an inspiration thing. Like, what if they're like toothbrushes that like you can watch a movie on? And then he's yes. like, and it's like, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to make that happen. But, um, no, but, but, like, but then, but then you follow, you know, then you see that West Side Gun is at Fashion Week in Paris and like, I mean, West Side Gun is not nearly as polished or as presentable to high fashion as Kanye, but a hundred percent, if Kanye didn't scream up and down about where's my damn croissants, then, then West Side Gun wouldn't be there. Like it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's like, uh, it's like Stanley said, it's just this. Yeah. And more importantly, Demna, um, Virgil, Jerry Lorenzo, like all of these people are able to be leaders in these industries on their own merit, but they are given those opportunities or they take those opportunities because Kanye yells and screams about him being the Louis Vuitton Don and him having to get that shot, you know? So that's what's so awesome is we get these other people that maybe stay in obscurity because we, as a society, we're racist, we're sexist, we're homophobic, we're a lot of these things. And so we shut down people who don't fit the right criteria to be placed in certain positions. Kanye is president. That's never going to happen. America, don't worry, <laughs> Kanye will never be president. But what may happen is a third party might be created through people who are like, hey, let's create a different agenda that isn't part of the machine of the Democrats or the Republicans. And that might pierce through in 10, 12, 20 years and actually change shit in America. Yeah. From a, I'm not American, so I don't, from my, my perspective, it looks like there needs to be some type of change. And so even if Kanye's birthday party doesn't work, uh, but we can celebrate if there is political change that comes through a different voice. And like it, Kanye to me, like Bo Burnham has this quote during his Make Happy special where he's like, you know, I'm just saying you deserve better. I'm not saying I'm it, but I'm just saying you deserve <laughs> yeah. better. And then your job is to go, okay, thanks, weird man, and then get better. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yes, that's Kanye. Like that's what he does. I think, in my opinion. Um, but let's get to like, let's talk about life of Pablo. <laughs> we've been we've been a little oh, is that indulgent. Why we're <laughs> we've been a little indulgent. We might go over a little bit. Uh, I want to be respectful <laughs> of your. T- Oh no! Dude, I mean, respect. don't don't worry about me. My, I I said to my wife, "Fall asleep if you can." So don't worry about that. <laughs> so so yeah, yeah, because yeah. I do I do have my own podcast that I do, and that I never know how long that takes. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, let's talk about life of Pablo. Like, uh, right after this break, click. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to I've been meaning to listen to that the podcast where we go through albums. We've been like, yeah. Okay, so we're going here to talk about Pablo. Um, the life of Pablo, in well, fact. If, if you want, I could do a sort of a, a sort of bigger thought on its place in his oeuvre. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I've been I've been thinking about what would I do if I were to do a video about life of Pablo. And and by the way, I'm going to do a ranking of all the Kanye albums when I get to fifty thousand subscribers. So, um, you, your your listeners can help me with that. Um, but what I think is that 
like if we break Kanye into different different like you know eras, I think you mentioned it earlier. I think we're still in the era that started with Pablo. So you know, I think there's the you know there's the pre-rapping era. There's the first three albums. There's the my mom died era, and then like I think we could either call this era the unfinished era because everything he releases is unfinished the gospel era because it's when he's getting in touch with jesus or the dad era because it really feels like everything he's been doing has been a sort of reaction into sort of understanding his father while becoming a father so i i, I don't know i don't know if you agree with that stanley but I, I feel like we're still in the pablo era it's every album that has been released since pablo with the exception of kid sea ghost feels to me like like Pablo two, Pablo three, Pablo four. I think like thematically, like the life of Pablo is the life of Pablo. Like his, what is his life right now? What is every, what is everything I'm thinking about where a lot of his early albums is just like, here's me dropping a college shot and make it in the rap career. Here's me. Uh, you know, I'm a stadium status guy. I'm like pretty cool. Here, my mom died. I went through his breakup, like a very like, not narrow, but like kind of like more focused. Mm -hmm. And with Life of Pablo, it's just like, here's every, like, I think I'm not a Picasso expert, but it seems very cubist. I'm just like, this is an abstract self-portrait. Like he is using jagged lines to like communicate his points instead of going like, here's the most beautiful Monet I could present to you or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, maybe Stanley, if you feel the same way, but the, the bleaching my asshole line. Like, I think it might be the, like maybe the most important single line in a Kanye song <laughs> because of this, because ultralight beam. I mean, seriously, I can cry every time I listen to ultralight beam. Like it is un unbelievable. Like whatever part of me is Christian is absolutely lit on fire by that. Whatever part of me thinks about any kind of spirituality, I can't believe the silence and the power and the beauty. Yeah. And then immediately he smacks you in the mouth about a bleached asshole. It's like, it, it really is like he knew, like, I don't know, it must be on purpose. He must have known that like, you're going to be moved and I could follow it with another song and I could do something or I could make you think about a bleached asshole <laughs> is that how you feel stanley do you agree with that yeah i i wrote down my, my one uh, two notes one was that it's it's very bipolar it's not a, a bipolar album yeah. and man and I, well, impressive yeah yeah like like whereas and yay yay the album is like him kind of talking about bipolarism and his diagnosis but this is him kind of showing how my life is at one point angelic the other point bleach assholes yeah. <laughs> at one point vulnerable the other point like talking about taylor and how she might owe something mm -hmm. like like it's just all of this yo-yoing that's happening but i also think that it's the last kanye album that's that we are be considered in the production of it whereas everything afterwards is about him hmm. like yay is about him kitsy goes is about him and and cuddy um Donda is about him. Jesus is King is about his relationship with, like you mentioned in your, in your, in your YouTube channel, not necessarily with religion. It's kind of anti-religion, but more like, you know, Jesus did this for me. Yeah. Right. And, and damn your religion because <laughs> Jesus gave me these blessings. He's showing off through me. Right. So whereas Pablo, this album, I feel like he's still trying to inform us, give us these 
the, what Jay-Z calls the codes to life. Mm -hmm. Like he's still trying to give us these codes through the, through the music. And I think that there was so much happening at that point with the fashion stuff, with his, with his marriage and his newfound fatherhood, all that was happening at the same time that he didn't have the attention span that he had on Jesus. Like, although Jesus was two weeks in the making, it was still a very cohesive project. Yeah. This is not cohesion. This is chaotic, but organized chaos and maybe the most beautiful chaotic piece of work that he's produced. Yeah. I think we could like transition into themes then just like of this album. Um, what do you feel are the, the like, what do you feel are like, what's the thematic territory and what is this album about? It's about Jesus and bleached assholes. I mean, I think, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, the shorthand. The, the weird thing for me, I don't know if Stanley felt this way too. Cause when I saw the Jesus show in Toronto and I listened to Jesus, I legitimately said, everybody that I know, this man is going to die. Like this is it. Like he has reached his limit whatever the hell he's doing, he is not long for this world. I really thought that it was like, he was just a comet and he was about to flame out. So something about life of Pablo feels to me like, I can't believe he did anything after Jesus really. And that there was that, yeah, that it, that it was his, his whole life and that it was so all over the place. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Is there really one theme besides the Jesus asshole bit? We can't just keep for, saying for me. That. For me is that, that the theme is that he, he found a way to, to to make it to not die yeah like there's there's a there's a real kind of tiptoeing that he does throughout the album where there are points where you're like is he gonna actually fall like like fml like are you actually going to end your life here and but but he like tiptoes it the whole way through and and it's uh, for me it's the last time where we see him really balanced through that chaos because it was you know pre pre the New York, um, the Madison Square Gardens fashion show, which was probably his most successful fashion show as an actual standalone kind of display. It was at the height of Kim Ye. You know, Kim and him are in a really good place. They have two kids. I think they're about, about to have their third. The shoes worked. Everyone mocked him at first, but they worked. He still really felt relevant in music. Him and Drake are still friends. Like, like everything is kind of working and yeah. yet he's still not settled like he still can't just settle into this life that he's worked so hard to create because that's not how, that's not his code that's not his dna so he's got to bleach a couple of asses <laughs> yeah it's like the thing with kanye i'm noticing and like it might be like the downward trend he's still going through probably is like he'll try something he'll like be in the state of chaos and un unease and unrest and then he'll find something that will work and settle and like stabilize him for a little bit at the end of Jesus, it's kim um and then he has kids and only one is the most beautiful like one of the most beautifully written songs of all time like i'm not even joking like oh yeah i yeah i'm like it's it's one of the most beautiful songs it's like i like uh I cried listening to it yesterday and like, just like when my, uh, yeah, it's, and then just like, and like that sells him and then it stops working and then he has to find something. New. And then like he has his, uh, break, he has this like mental like episode in the middle of his show and he has to stop like performing and stuff like that. And then he puts on a red hat to like scare everyone away 
and that that works for a little bit and then that stops working so he finds jesus and then that stops working and then he focuses on the donda thing and then he seems pretty stable and then he like falls again like yeah. and it seems just like jagged further downward in my opinion um like i i just like yeah i'm like i said i'm just like really invested in him finding peace i'm really invested in him um because if he you know if he loses we all lose in a way like but he's he's so uncomfortable in the resolution you know i was listening when i listened to the dissect podcast uh, they dissected jesus and they talked about how bound two was like the resolution of the journey of the jesus character right like he's looking for love he's he's taking the the, the wrong kind of paths to do it but then there's this resolution and then he says jerome's in the house watch your mouth <laughs> And you're kind of like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like, 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 why, why would you make that threat at the end of it? But it's because <laughs> like, he's like, he's just uncomfortable Correct. with things being stable. And maybe it's triggering back. And I guess I don't know Kanye, but maybe it's triggering back to the moment where he was the most stable in terms of our, our consumption of him was graduation, right? Like here's this, you know, stadium status album. Everyone's loving Kanye stronger is like the biggest song in the world. And then his mom dies because of his success partly so it's like i think like ever since then like he's uncomfortable with the stability of of the, the safety net the resolution and so everything about him is like hey why put on a maga hat because he doesn't want to be comfortable in the stability of of what we all saw which was a really problematic president in donald trump he's like no fuck that i'm not going to do that. i'm going to get shit done wear this hat now what are you going to do you know, the, the Donda rollout, like it, there was uh, a success in that first and mostly the second show. And then you bring out Marilyn Manson. You're like, why, why would you? It's just there's always this uncomfortableness with actual resolution. And the life of Pablo seems like he's like, I've resolved a lot of the things, but I'm not going to let you guys get this. I'm going to bleach some assholes, you know, because otherwise you'll get too comfortable with my comfort. Yeah. I th yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it goes to that line on Jesus, as soon as they like you, make them unlike you. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's maybe like the better side of Kanye's iconoclastic nature. And then the worst side is on this album, on Pablo, where he says, I'm worried if they say nothing. Like, I think he also, to a certain extent, you know, the MAGA thing, that's all based on the idea of freedom, which, you know, which... I mean, because the Trump era is still going on, we don't have enough distance from it to ever forgive him for that. But that is a pretty fascinating piece of performance art, even though he really meant it. <laughs> but as far as like, what is the most offensive thing I could do to make people unlike me? Like he, he could have got, he could have like killed a baby seal on camera and people <laughs> would have been less upset than by him wearing that, <laughs> you know? So thematically, I think like, it's just like a sprawling peek into his psychology, like way more trans way more transparent than ever fd signifier you brought up his video a mm -hmm. few times like he talked about kanye and kayfabe the idea of like he's putting on like uh i think after graduation he started putting on a character a little bit like the 808s character the uh Jesus character and then this is like the transitionary period of like i'm gonna start being mean now i'm gonna start like being and like everyone's made this like you know um analysis of just like yeah it's like about 
Pablo Picasso, Pablo Escobar and St. Pablo. What man am I going to be now? You know what? And then I think the resolution is like, he chooses all of them. He can't pick, you know, he he like, cause it's all him. It's all. And I think that's the, that's the chaos of it all. It's the idea of just like, I am going to, I'm going to give you this beautiful Jesus moment. I'm going to give you this bleached asshole moment at the same time. And like, I'm not going to pick actually. I think the tension with this album is like, he's in debt. He's the, I think this is the thing that people yeah. forget about this era is he's $53 million in debt. Like that is a lot of money. Like yeah. <laughs> That's a considerable amount of money. That's a lot of money like to be in debt. And so there's a fear of just like, he is on the razor's edge of being done. Like being like, you can, this fashion show better fucking work. Otherwise you can't feed your children. You can't like, um, you like, you can't like do it. Like, and like you look at him and you go like, he's rich, he's famous, but like he is, he is gambled. He has gambled so much. And it's like, if you look at an even macro sense, he's like repeating the cycle of his father. He is like his in the, in the part two song, he's like, uh, my father, like, lost a lot of money in the crash basically and then i helped him out and then he's but i don't want to make the same mistakes but he does right and he's like he but he can't help himself because that's just like ingrained in him basically so i don't know it's it's so it's so then the major theme is like i just want to be liberated i want to be free and then like saint paul i want an out-of-body experience to happen to lift me out of this situation I'm in basically because he feels trapped and he feels like he's running out of time and he feels well I, I I had an idea about the the Pablo we've talked the least about then which would be Pablo Escobar so I, I'm just coming up with this idea right now but I think this is showing off his truly terrible taste in boring rich guys so this goes back to the Musk <laughs> thing. So like my theory has always been that he was just watching Narcos on Netflix, like we all were, and like thought, you know, well, that's cool. This guy's kind of interesting. And because, I mean, Pablo Escobar, I mean, I guess he was, I mean, for a drug dealer, he's an interesting drug dealer, but he's just a drug dealer. I mean, that's, you know, there's that. That's, and, you know, like, and Kanye's obsession with uh, the leader of LVMH, you know, the Bernard, whatever, and just his fascination with Elon Musk, his fascination with Trump. It's just, there, there does, like, maybe that's the real thing. It's not so much that he's like a, a fancy Coke dealer who's selling product. It's actually more that he's just like, can I be a boring rich guy too? And he doesn't know how to be a boring rich guy because he's, he's, he's an artist, <laughs> but, but yeah. he seems to really look up to boring rich guys. Yeah. Cause they're free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like they're the freedom that comes with in, in capitalism that comes with financial, you know, um, output or success or access. And so now that Kanye's a billionaire, he can just walk around with masks on. Yeah. Like, like you can't, you can't do that when you're $53 million in debt. Like you had to actually show yourself on stage at tours because that's how you would be able to make your money and create your currency, your cultural currency. But now that he is a boring rich guy, he can just go around and disappear and then hop on Instagram, diss the gap guy. And then leave, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like the, he is a rich person that's so detached. But in Pablo, because he was in debt, he was still, and this is what I mean by like, it's still our narrative. You can still relate to Kanye on the life of Pablo. 
because you hear it. You're like, man, like this guy, you know, like some people invest all their money into one opportunity. And if it works, awesome. If it doesn't, they're screwed. Mm -hmm. That was Kanye on this like global scale. And so you can relate to that. You, yeah. you can't relate to billionaire problems unless you're a billionaire. Right. It's, it's like when Jay-Z started rapping about not buying property in, in New York and how he <laughs> feels so stupid. Like, I remember that because it was like, wow, Jay-Z finally did it. Like, he's really telling the truth. Like, now I actually believe that he used to sell crack because now he's talking about wanting to buy property in Dumbo and not buying it. Like, okay, he really is talking about his life. And yet, that, that, yeah, there, there was something relatable. I mean, I, the, the line from FML where he talks about going off his Lexapro it's like I was on SSRIs for a brief period of time, uh, well, for a couple of years. And like, I remember like whenever I wouldn't be on them and how crazy I felt. And like, just that one line helped me to really, like you said, really relate to him. Cause I was like, oh my God, like I was like putting up these blinds once in my daughter's room. I just started screaming at the hammer. I was like, I was like, whoa, okay. I guess I won't, <laughs> I guess I won't miss a day next time. So I yeah. think the thing is like, uh, he talks about on the useless era, I used to, when I, I think when I was like younger, I watched those interviews of him going houseway or whatever and screaming at people. And I'm like, Jesus, like, like, this is like some spoiled rich guy problems. But then I look at it now and it's like, oh, like he, he's like, it's, he's desperate. He's like, he's, it's, this is not a game for him. This is life or death. And like, it's not about like this fashion guy didn't like me. It's like, you are like, you can help me push to the future and you are deliberately choosing not to because you don't like me or because you're racist or blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And like, so it's like, this is him like out of the Truman show, like door or whatever. And like, he's alone basically. And he's yeah. just like, he has his family. And then his perspective is he's surrounded by wolves. And like, what a horrifying perspective. Yeah. Like, Truly, that's like, this is like, to me, darker than Jesus. <laughs> like, to me, this is like more upsetting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also what you said was really interesting because I think Kanye understands the concept of time and the limitation of our lifespan better than most, if not anyone. And so that whole houseway, it wasn't that Sway didn't have the quote unquote answers. Is that Sway wasn't thinking about the time element. Like Sway is like, you know, start here and then you can start small and then you can build your way up. Whereas Kanye is like, I want to influence culture. I want to be Picasso. I want to be Walt Disney. I want to be all these names. And my time frame is 100 years max. And that's being alive. My influence is smaller than that. And like he would say back then, he's like, I can rap all I want, but there's going to be a Drake. There's always going to be someone who's going to speak to the next generation better than he can. So to stay in that box for him was so suffocating because he knew that it, it reduced his timeline by, you know, double, triple, like a huge amount. And so he needed to desperately get out of the box of musician and get into the box of actual cultural uh, curator in order to really make a mark in the world in his era in his timeline. So that, that concept of time, I think is also where you get the desperation on this album in some cases, like St. Pablo, especially he's telling you, like, I'm praying that that out of body experience happens. So you can see, like, I'm not just rapping here. Like I'm not just talking about, you know, bleach assholes. 
I'm actually talking about culture and history and humanity and how important that is to all of us, whether yeah, we like I, it or not. I, I, it's also funny that you're saying that about St. Pablo, because I don't even consider St. Pablo to be part of the album. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah. Because I listened to it when it was first downloaded. And when we're talking about the ways that Kanye influences people, uh, you know, again, I keep going back to George Lucas, but George Lucas has made so many innovations that people don't credit him for on a daily basis that you don't even think about the fact that he was the person that invented the idea of a CGI character that you believed. And everyone spent so much time hating the CGI character that they never even stopped to think, holy shit, I hate something that doesn't exist, right? And like Kanye, by creating a living album, like that completely changed everything. I mean, that, that was an unbelievable idea and people haven't even really followed him. And again, he's very much in the George Lucas mode because George Lucas changes his art all the time that he wants. But I mean, that's just a great example of him wanting to change things, seeing the technology, changing it. And then like, we just live in this awesome world where my, my like, to me, the song St. Pablo is a great single that was released after Life of Pablo. To Stanley, it's a song that's on Life of Pablo. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's a totally different way of thinking about art. And it's something that Kanye did. And we're so busy talking about Pete Skeet Davidson. And we're talking about 808 that we even that kind of huge revolution that most artists don't do in their entire career is something that he does. And we just sort of go, oh yeah, yeah. He just, he just released an unfinished album and then finished it, but then didn't finish it all. So that you always don't really know because 30 hours, like you don't know if you love 30 hours because it's unfinished or if he's going to finish, if someday I'm going to listen to 30 hours and he's going to finally get out that thing about whipping that guy's ass, like, you know, cause it's, cause it's his, it's not ours. And that's what I love. We go back to what, what makes him Picasso. It's his art. It's not ours. I just bought the Donda, uh, you know, eight disc uh, vinyl. And I, I fucking <laughs> the hate, edition. I hate the fucking song order. It's terrible. It's the worst. How do you put anything other than jail after Donda? But I don't, I'm not Kanye. That's what Kanye says. All right, Kanye, that's what you say is what you do. Okay. Greedo does a, a, a split and a 360 before shooting <laughs> uh, Han Solo in the head. All right. You're, you're, you did it, Kanye. You're the one who decided it. So who am I, you know? Which is a which is totally antithetical to the way that we are taught to consume culture, especially on the internet, where you have all these assholes who sit there and, and take something that's already been created and then explain to you how the people who created it should have done it in a way that was better, acting as though they could have done it. So they're sitting there and they're watching some movie and they're like, well, you know, what I would have done is instead I would have had Anakin at that point. And it's like, well, fuck, dude, did you come up with Anakin? Did you put Anakin in that situation in the first place? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just, that's yeah. like, that's why he's the, the, not that freedom is not just personal freedom, but it's the artistic freedom. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And just like, it's one of those instances of just like rule breaking that is kind cool and beneficial and people can take advantage of more the idea of like, like you changed it after the due date, <laughs> after the uh, release of the album, you changed it. Um, whereas like, I get the frustration of just like, you told me the album would come out on, you know, Friday, the 13th or whatever, or it's like some non-scary day. I'm like, <laughs> like, you told me the album would come out on some day and then it didn't come out. And then it came out a week later. It's not finished. And then you changed it later. Like I get like why someone would be angry or frustrated. Like I want the thing. You told me it would be a thing. Like, but then the idea of just like, 
due dates aren't real. Like, yeah, it's not exactly due dates aren't real. It's not it's made up. It's like this idea of just and the idea of like who said you have to be done with a thought. Who says you have to be done talking about a thing you're thinking about? You know, who said who who like th- th- that's made up. And like that, like it's like to have that three dimensional view of things instead of like a linear approach to album construction, a linear approach to this. And like with the Donda album, I just change the order to the order I like, yep. you know, I just. I don't like this song. So I take it out of my Apple playlist or whatever. And like, that's me. That's my thing. Like I can do it. I have like, he lets me do it, you know, and stuff like that. So that's just, that's the fresh, that's, I think that's really beautiful. I think it's beautiful to like, look at the way things are and go, it doesn't have to be this way. And then trying it something else. And if it like people hate it, then that's within their right to hate it. But like you did something. Would you ever change the the track list uh, for the life of Pablo? Uh, I think I would get rid of, this is controversial. I think I would get rid of 30 hours. I think I would get rid of fade. <laughs> like, Oh, is it because you think it, but what? what? <laughs> I, I don't, hey, Stanley, do you want to start our own podcast? Yeah, oh, well, I will, in your defense, Andrew, I will say like, I think the album itself like ends with, um, uh, with racetrack yeah. yeah 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 i think that's where it ends and then like 30 hours fade uh you know um facts uh, saint pablo that's all bonus stuff i mean it literally says like this is a yeah, bonus it's, track yeah. it's kind of like the victory lap but just like he resolves the album with say like uh what's it called um the uh wolves and then the epilogue is saint pablo like that's like kind of like yes and then like the other tracks 30 hours saint pablo no more parties in la that's the victory lap of hey i did it look at me you know exactly like, yeah like he was just super excited and it's just like man like i'm riding this way i'm telling you like this is this is the last time we saw kanye in his like truest joyous form and everything else after that there's always been something like anguish and torture <laughs> yeah there's always like- been something like either he created or we created but there's always been like a but to not a bleached one, but a but <laughs> <laughs> to all of his future work, right? So, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think about like changing the order of life of Pablo. It's like because the album doesn't exist, because it was created digitally, it was always going to be released digitally. That, that, I mean, I think that's part of the issue is that Kanye does kind of spiral out with this. And that's what I think, you know, Donda 2 is the is the best example. It's the logical end of what he started with Pablo of like, it doesn't exist. It's not finished. It's also finished and it also exists. And also it's this, it's that, it's 10 other things. It's five other things. It's five, you know, like who's the guest appearance? I don't know. You know, like it's a good thing that I did this 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 podcast with you because I've never even looked at the at the guest appearances. I, I didn't know half the people were on the album because I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I didn't know who the producers were. It's all just this vague thing. And he is actually using the medium of streaming to change the way you consume albums, which is why Donda was the greatest album of the year last year. And even though there are three or four songs on there that I don't like, like that's actually a part of the album that he's not trying to make sergeant peppers because if the beatles were alive they wouldn't be trying to make sergeant peppers and in a way it's it's i don't know if this is intentional but you think about his last traditional album and it was it was yeezus and the cover is just the cd it's just the actual physical element we could almost see that as like a goodbye to physical media and just 
forever, you're just going to have these albums that are like, uh, I guess this is it. I don't, I mean, I, but wait, is that song on there? Cause to me, I never, I never thought of, I never thought of 30 hours as being extra. I've always thought of that as like an essential part, but now that you say it, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. The album does end at wolves. <laughs> you know, like they sort of say that Brian Wilson went crazy after he made good vibrations because he couldn't recreate a song that was that crazy and good again. And he came close, but could never actually do it. Like, I feel like ultralight beam is like, I mean, I know Jesus walks is, basically a gospel song but i still don't really consider it that way like jesus walks doesn't make me want to to fall to the ground and follow jesus every time i hear ultra light beam you know like that's how i feel so that that does really feel like his, his thematically that was a super important moment in in him doing that which is oh yeah a pretty easy way to make people unlike you too you know because it's it's most people who listen to kanye are probably not born again christians yeah, I think that's a really good good point because it, I think it is in some ways the best kind of gospel album that he could have made, or not the best kind, the most honest mm-hmm. version of it. Yeah, because, because most of us that are you know Christians or or follow any type of you know religious you know um, institution, you no, know, we we do recognize like the flaws in our our religion, and we also don't execute what we are being told. Right, like yeah. uh, what's that line on Kitsy goes? got a Bible by my bed. Oh yes. A very Christian constantly repenting. Cause yes, I never listen. Like most of us don't really listen to the preachings of our religions. And so the life of Pablo, it is him like saying like, Hey, this ultra light beam is there. Right. And praying to God that he doesn't mess things up so that his family will still be with him throughout the rest of his life. Like all of these vulnerable moments, but he still will say like, you know, trying to fuck someone in the, in the club, like yeah. he does on freestyle four, or again, to go back to the bleach assholes and everything else. It's, it's just that that's humanity. You know, we are a contradiction. So, yeah. so I think that, that, that gospelness is really present and we have to talk about like chance and how Kanye does a really good job of providing artists that are, you know, really talented, the platform to showcase their talent on what ends up being one of the biggest records every year he drops right like nikki on dark fantasy and rick ross on dark fantasy uh, uh lupe on late registration i mean that punk was that punk but they got even more that punky with stronger and then chance like this was chance's record ultra light beams maybe the best record on the album and chance had the best verse yeah. on that record so it's cool that he still has that ability to give platforms to artists who can then use that and do things with it later on I mean, who, I mean, who does that better than him? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, because it's partly, partly because he really isn't that great of a rapper. I mean, that that's all. I mean, people get pissed at me whenever I say that, but he's not actually that great of a rapper. And I don't think he even particularly claims to be, he claims to be a good rapper and the best rapper, but you know, when it comes to bars or whatever, but yeah, the ability he has to give space to other people to be their best selves. I mean, I got a lot of shit for, for liking uh, the big day, but realistically, that is, I probably like that album just because I have so much excess goodwill for the ultralight verse that like the ultralight verse is along with Monster, you know, along with just frankly, along with Lil Wayne's verse on Barry Bonds. I just want to say it. Barry Bonds is, is <laughs> like the most underrated like Kanye song that that was my introduction to Lil Wayne. Well, 
I saw Lil Wayne in concert back in when he was still with the hot boys, but you know, to like adult Lil Wayne was my introduction was that, you know, like he just gives such space and no other, no other producer, no other rapper, no other artist comes close to giving that kind of ability to let other people really shine. And yeah, ultralight beam, that's the best example. Cause I don't, I don't even really remember Kanye's first. And I listened to the song three times today. <laughs> it's, it's very, he's barely there. He's like, he just like, um and then like the i think the cool part is like people talk about kanye like you abandoned chicago you kind of like you know you're not the voice of chicago anymore you're not like especially like after graduation mostly and stuff like that um but and like they feel kind of like slighted by that but then he's like he puts chance on the album and he talks about spike and wes like um wesley snipes like they them trying to flip the script on chicago and it's like because he criticized uh, his that the Spike Lee movie Chirac. Um, oh, let me read okay. the quote. Yeah, he wrote he wrote the he's here's the chance quote. He said like the reason we're dying isn't because there are two head gang bangers that are into it. We're dying because of PTSD. Uh, and uh, I feel like you didn't address that. He made it seem like we're doing it because of gang life, because our male egos is being compromised when we don't fight. But that's the smallest form of it. That's what Chance says about right. Chirac, and so it's like he's still in touch. He is, he is, but he's like, this guy can do this better than me. This chant, this chance guy, he's the, he's the, he's the, I'm passing the torch to him. Now he can do what I used to do and stuff like that. I think it's really, and that, that for as like ego driven as he is, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. He is really good at just like knowing when to go here, you do this. You can do this better than me. I'm, I, like something I need to learn on this episode, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, and let's, I mean, let's go, let's go from the sort of the, you know, the great chance the rapper to the actually not particularly great designer, but like the designer verse. And I know it's just his song, but I didn't know it was his song when it was in the middle of this. I mean, the modular construction all over the album, which is in, in which makes the chaos of the album seem even greater. But, you know, Father Stretch My Hands Part 2 with I Got the Thing in Atlanta, I Got the Licks in the Slammer, whatever it is, like Panda is a great song. I I, I, I think it's as good as that genre, that subgenre can be. I mean, really, I think it's that great. And that was my introduction. Like, I didn't listen to me. I had never heard music like that. This is back in 2016. I still hadn't been listening to any new music. I didn't know any Migos. I didn't know any Future. I didn't know anything like this. So I was like, oh man, what is this sound? This is bizarre. And the way that it was mixed in, you know, and, and again, like he gave all that space and for like two seconds, designer was was sort of famous. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's like a Pablo radio. It's yeah. like a, instead of iHeart, it's Pablo radio. And then like the album plays like you switching the knobs. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what is this? It's, oh, it's designer's track. And all of a sudden it's like, what's this computerized like, sound i'm hearing and whoa uh, is that is that a taylor line and it's like whoa it's just there's so many like moments where you just kind of get into a song and just when you're in that pocket he switches the channel and you're like okay now i'm in a different world altogether think about what he's doing in the first three tracks it's gospel choir like you know gospel choir then conscious rap then kirk franklin interlude then gospel sample then kid cuddy then um bleach asshole thing that turns into this very vulnerable verse about like him being scared of like no one talking about him anymore then transitioning into this 
verse about him, like the cycle of trauma that his father like begun and then designer. Like it's that's wild. That's ridiculous. And, and like, this that is, is one of his bad albums, right? Really? Like, like that's yeah. what we're supposed to think is that like, this is like, and it's the same thing with, with Donda. You could do a similar thing of trying to go through all the things that Donda does. Like this is one of the bad, like all those interesting things that I just said, which is more interesting than every other album I've reviewed in the last two months put together. Those are the first two <laughs> tracks. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, and like, it's like it, but like um, going back to the, I'm not a, again, I'm not a, I wouldn't pretend to be a Pablo expert, but like the idea of it's like a mixed media art piece. It's yeah. like, it's like, um, college dropouts, like this beautiful watercolor. And then this is like, there's like, you know, acrylic here. And there's like this metal part here. And there's like jagged edges and stuff like that. There's this cubist section and stuff like that. There's like a naked lady here. There's an angel, like my mommy and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, it's, um, there's nothing like it. I really don't think there's anything like it. It's like, this could have only come out of his brain and stuff like that. And he, he's making something bigger than a rap album. It's like, it's like the thing is like, he's thinking more four dimensional. I hate that. I hate that. I just said that, but like, he's thinking more <laughs> four dimensionally about just like, what can you do? With you the you have been watching too many of my videos. That's my best trick is saying something <laughs> ridiculously pretentious and then immediately, you know, wallpapering <laughs> over it saying, I shouldn't have said that, but then getting the benefit <laughs> yeah, yeah. of still saying it. Perfect. It's a great trick. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's because it's true. Yeah, it is. It is. It it talks, it, it's vulnerable, but it's also um it's social commentary, right? It built it builds up to hands up, we're just doing what the cops taught us, yeah. and then the cops shot us at the end of it. Yeah. And then he's just kind of sitting there and saying, you know what? This is who I am. I'm the ghetto Oprah. This is the person <laughs> that you're looking at, is the person that's feeding into a community that you forgot about. So the same way how Oprah feeds into corporate America and says, like, well, you get a car, you get well, I'm gonna give you a big booty bitch, which is very, <laughs> you know, toxic. That's problematic, yes. But but the idea of being able to speak to a community that is not being addressed and provide them with outlets that they either want or need in the same way that Oprah does, I think it's somewhat beautiful the the theme we didn't touch on we're just like uh, like we'll just weave bob and weave and do whatever like it's fine this is very um, life of pablo yeah, that's how we're supposed to do it. <laughs> yeah like the the like he feels this responsibility to like you know the black community and he's shouldering it and it's so heavy for him it's like the idea of just like he is in personal debt and he every and he's like he has to take care of his family he has to take care of his like you know blood family and then he has to be this represent representative of this culture that like needs him and it's just like it's too much it's like i don't understand like there's a part of me that's just like i don't know how you didn't go crazier sooner like yeah. truly i don't know like i don't know how is that how anyone does any of this like like the caliber that he's working at and stuff like that it's easy to look at him and go like oh look at this guy but like just like the caliber of what he's has to shoulder and stuff like which is probably why he put on the MAGA hat just to like get a little breathing room and stuff like that well, I mean like, I mean look at you know look at Kendrick right I mean that his whole last album was essentially like hey I can't carry the culture anymore I have to be me and I well, okay I'll carry the culture for this song but next song uh, you know like 
all that. I mean, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about Lauren Hill because uh, Lizzo sort of quotes her, you know, in kind of a similar way that there's this really unfair burden that's put on so many artists, uh, you know, any artist from any marginalized community, but nine out of 10 times in America, it's an African-American who is just like, okay, I have to represent all this pain, trauma, excellence, struggling. And I also have to be an individual human being. And also, yeah, it's, it, yeah. yeah. Everyone should just wear a MAGA hat. Just get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. But even that, like, you know, you argued that like, you know, the altruistic side of that is like to talk to Trump to like help prison reform and stuff like that. And that's like a really scary thing. Like the idea, like the question I want to pose to audiences is just like, would you, if, and it doesn't have to be prison reform. It could be any cause that you care about. It could be, it could be abortion. It could be gay rights and stuff like that. Would you put on a MAGA hat to, for the chance that it might help yes. that thing here? Like hundred <laughs> percent for me, I'm like, I don't know. I like losing all my friends, like not people not understanding and stuff like that. Like, I think there is like, even if he's wrong, I think he's wrong for doing it. I, I don't think that was a good idea. Like his intent was positive and his intent was to try and do something. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. But but he was fooled by another boring rich guy. So yeah, yeah, truly. That's, yeah. that's the problem. My, my whole point the entire time that Trump was president, the first time, <laughs> oh, no. was that, 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 I'm sorry, I hate to be the person to tell you, if he actually, like, because I always thought that Trump could end up being a great president just by fucking up and just like trying to please the, the, like, the right person by mistake. So I thought there was a real chance that he would have actually had meaningful prison reform while he was president. And if he had, then I would have accepted everything else because fuck Bill Clinton. He didn't do anything. And fuck Joe Biden. He's not doing anything. And fuck Obama because Obama didn't do anything. Like the, the prison crisis is like our greatest crisis. And there's a chance. There was a chance for one moment that maybe crazy ass Kanye and not crazy ass Kim could have worked together with crazy ass Trump and actually made a change. And like that would be worth all the kofefis and the you know the, the weird everything else because that's the actual problem that we need to get that's one of the actual problems we actually need to get fixed but trump didn't end up doing anything meaningful and then he packed the courts and now we have to fight for for abortion so none of it worked but yeah and from a and from a cultural perspective and from a racial perspective like Part of the reason why the, the hat was so problematic is because of what we talked about with the Lauren Hills and the Kendricks and the people who are, you know, deemed saviors of culture is, is America is built and is structured around racism, right? And so it needs to have huh? these, I know I'm breaking a lot of news here. I know it might be shocking to folks. So it, it relies on these structures to stay in place. And so when a hero like Kanye, who throughout his career has always been about the black plight, right? And, and trying to help his community, quote unquote, his community, our community move forward to put on a symbol that represents the, the marginalization, the, the pain, the trauma of America's history in one hat, even though the intent was good, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow for people who are literally dying every day because of said structure. So I think, I think I, I, as a non-American middle-class person, you know, was able to, and Kanye fan, was able to accept it because of the hope that it could lead to change, 
to, to substantial change. I, I also can't dismiss that no matter how much change would come from it, like you're saying, Andrew, like, would you put on the hat, you know, if it meant that we could, you know, uh, reverse Roe v. Wade? Well, maybe you put on the hat if you are a, a true ally to a, to a community, they might say, no, no, fuck you for doing it. Because even though you reverse Roe v. Wade, you're still symbolizing this, this agenda that's been put in place intentionally over centuries to put us in a place where Roe v. Wade is actually necessary, right? So I think that's where the conflict may be. You were, also, Stanley, you talked briefly, you touched on it, but we could go back to it a little bit of like uh, uh, the waves, uh, FML and real friends a little bit. Like you just like you, we, and then we pivoted away from that. So I went yeah. like, bring us yeah, back, of course. I, I just, when I listened to it, I, I listened to it multiple times today as well. And, and it was just a, like, like Waves is one of my top 10 Kanye songs. I just, and I know like, I mean, he didn't necessarily write it, but, but it just sounds like what Kanye should sound like. You know, it's vulnerable enough. It's fun enough. It's uh, memorable. The melodies are just so sweeping and it sounds like a wave. And then to go from that to FML and, and that is like him really, really being his most vulnerable, his most um, accepting of his own mental health and realizing like, Hey, like I need to be medicated. I need to be aware of my, my um, issues because they are bleeding into my relationship, my relationship with my wife, with my kids, with my fans, with, with my life. And then to go from there into real friends and then trying to say like, you know, Hey, although I am vulnerable, I'm also aware that people are trying to take advantage of me. And, I, and while I'm not necessarily the best family member in the world, it kind of sucks that people just reach out when they want money. Yeah, I, I really like, I mean, I think FML is a top five produced song. I don't know if it's like one of my favorite songs, but it's it's some of my favorite, because, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, I make the George Lucas comparison all the time that George Lucas invented Darth Vader, but Ben Burt did the sound and David Prowse did the acting and John Mullow designed the costume and Ralph McQuarrie helped to design the costume and James Earl Jones does the voice, but who made Darth Vader? George Lucas did. And so like he made that song and he has all those co-producers. And to me, that's like him at his, you know, his post 808 height of just being able to create all these sounds. I also really like uh, Real Friends. Because, you know, maybe this is because I, I feel this connection to Kanye because we're the same age. There is an element to this album that is very conscious of old school hip hop. So the I like the old Kanye like that. That already is old school. Um, when he has the uh, he quotes Wild Style, there's like a little tiny uh, sample of Wild Style over and over again with, uh, you know, uh, louder. Right. And then. You know, the Friends song quotes Houdini and like, I mean, if if you were growing up at that time, that was absolutely one of the biggest hip hop songs ever. Like that was like a top five, like everybody knows Fight for Your Right to Party. Everybody knows whatever, uh, uh, you know, like um, Bust a Move and everybody knows Friends by Houdini. So I love having that. 
And then in the song 30 Hours, when he talks about, hey, you remember all those bonus tracks? Mm. Like that really is a real, like, I just think of Bismarcky because Bismarcky almost always had like a five minute song where he's like, I got to thank. And then he just like looks around the rooms like, I got to thank my philodendron. And I got to thank uh, this hair tie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I just, there, I think that's maybe that playful bit or the sort of Kanye being most himself, you were saying, Stanley. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I, what I kind of see is there's also this seems to be a semi-intentional look back to the way hip-hop used to be uh just like two highlights i want to point out um is uh no more parties in la i think it's cool that he first of all it's like in hindsight it's interesting that like kendrick rapping about sex like at the time (laughs) i was like what is going on especially post pimp a butterfly like i made this Mm -hmm. conscious masterpiece Mm -hmm. blah 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 and like no this is him too like this yeah. is him too. Like these are his thoughts. This is what he thinks wow. and stuff like that. Like I think that's really cool. And then like uh, obviously like he put the one Kendrick verse that's like not as good as Kanye's whole thing, so that Kanye could outwrap him and stuff like that. I think that's yeah. I, I think it's awesome. And then the line, um, not knowing the disconnect from the father, the next generation will be the real victims. I think towards the end of the album, he like kind of embraces this. St. Paul, you know, most black men couldn't balance a checkbook, but buy a new car talking about how my neck looks. He's like the most clear with his messaging, the most cogent, the most lucid with his messaging. And um, I think it's, I, I don't know. It's like, it, but then the uncertainty of it all, of just like, is anyone going to be next to me mm-hmm. while yeah. I lead? You know, is there anyone going to, is God is my community going to be next to me as I go push forward? Is God going to be with me? You know? And then I think it's genius that cycles back to ultra light beat, which is a prayer of like anxiety and fear that like God isn't here and stuff like that. Um, because yeah, yeah, cool. the, the ultra light beam, it's so meaningful and all that, but the last word is war. <laughs> so just, yeah. You know, like it's so touching and so moving, but you're like war, ah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, in general, the best prayers don't end with the word war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are a few psalms yeah, and proverbs. Yeah, yeah, that's like... true. <laughs> but Andrew, I, I love that that Kendrick thing because I and I, I and I listened to it so many times, but I didn't think about listening to Mr. Morale and then listening to this again and be like, oh wow, like he he told us who he was in 2016. It just we were so blinded by Pimper Butterfly that we're kind of like, oh, this is random, like. Instagram is the best place to promote some. Well, why would you even talk about this? Yeah, because you're on Instagram looking for pussy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the idea of that's the thing that like I, that frustrates me a little bit is just like let Kanye be three to like let these artists be three dimensional. Let them have their flaws. Like let them make mistakes and stuff like that. It's not. I actually don't think it's contradictory to have Kanye talk about bleached assholes and jesus because mm-hmm. a brain is complex you know a yeah. brain and a soul is complex and we're tempted and we want love but we also want sex we also want this we also want that 
And then Kendrick fell into that same trap too. It's just like, we want you to be this guy. And it's Mm -hmm. weird that you're doing this thing, you know? Because we've ended up talking so much about, about fathers and Christianity and everything. So my dad wasn't a preacher while I, while I was alive is before I was born. Um, And he wasn't particularly good at like telling me the facts of life. So they all kind of like merged together with this one sentence that he said to me when I was about 13 and it seared into my brain. And he just said, you know, Jesus got erections and then he just left. And, (laughs) and it's a truly profound sentence and it's totally true because I mean, everybody, you know, because, you know, because that's a really hard thing to come to terms with because, you know, and like, yeah, that's the, the the complexity and the, and the beauty of whatever Jesus being a human being. And that's why the, the story works of Jesus. And, and to a certain extent, again, going back to that slap of, of father stretch my hands out of ultralight beam. Yeah. That, that we have to let, we have to let all of our Jesuses get boners, you know, whether they're Kendrick, Kanye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but like, but it's like, it's not new either. It's like uh freaking like college dropout, like Jesus walks in like the, the you know, breathe in, breathe out or whatever. Like yeah. that's just like, it. it's just like, he is, I think it's like, I, I think there are very valid reasons to be angry and annoyed at Kanye. And like, I'm not telling anyone not to, but it's like the, the idea of just like, how can you talk about Jesus in one song and then boners in another song? Like <laughs> yeah. that is like, that is just like obtuse. You're being obtuse. So like, you're not like letting someone be a person. I think like, you're not letting someone be a full artist either. Yeah. You know, you know, like Kanye do Kanye because Kanye did Kanye from, 2004 like watch a documentary like Kanye has not changed at all no it's just that we've we've consumed them in so many different ways and then there was a perfect kind of balance that we got after after graduate well I guess during graduation and I guess dark fantasy in some ways although the Taylor thing was still a thing but really graduation was like okay this is Kanye on a platter that we could all enjoy and love and then, but in actuality, he was always the same contradictory, kind of flawed, vulnerable, genius, crazy, egotistical, loving collaborator, you know, flawed rapper, but still amazing, maybe greatest hip hop artist of all time. Like it's been the same guy. It's the same look. It's like Zoolander, you know, but we <laughs> see, we see Derelict and we're like, oh, wow, this is so unique. It's like, no, it's, a, it's the same look. Blue Steel. Yeah. Blue Steel. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> Uh, it, that was magical though. Yeah. <laughs> Any lowlights of this album? Like let's let's go through those real quickly. Well, first of all, I you know, my caveat is always every low light with a Kanye is also kind of a highlight because it's him being him. And so I, I want to accept it. But I think my low light of the album is highlight. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's oh, a fun interesting. Song. Yeah. yeah. It's okay, but I I it's I mean, you know, I I just think it's I think it's the, the weakest song on the album for me. It's kind of like the old Kanye, just like in spirit. I, I think lyrically, he's kind of. I think that's my big low light. He lyrically, it's very. There are too many cringe bars on this, like in not, and not in a fun, memorable, cool way. Like hurry up with my damn croissants or whatever. Yeah, like that's that's fun and like you know, but like it starts to it kind of starts the trend of just like. He, I think sometimes he'll like write a song around one funny line he thought about. Yeah. Like, I think he'll like the bleach butthole line, uh, the Ray J line, the like, 
let's have a baby, you know, without effing and stuff like that. Like, I think like he, he literally like the, the lawless London said, like he, Kanye will come into a room with like an iPhone and like read off funny lines and we'll, they'll like everyone will laugh at them and stuff like that. And he'll go, OK, that goes in the song. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not like he's like, I got to craft the perp, like probably even college rapper. I got to pen this perfect verse about capitalism or whatever. Yeah, it's just like so it like. He, he kind of like lost his fastball in terms of like uh, you're using your metaphor. Um, like, like it's kind of like, it's, it's like comparing Dave Chappelle in 2004 to Dave Chappelle. Now, basically, yeah. you know, just like, like any good point, like Dave Chappelle makes, it's just like undercut was just, just such bullshit and just such like, I don't know, man, it's like, it's not even worth it, but it's funny. I wrote I wrote the same uh, low light was those the cornball lines, yeah. but but I also think that that's part of uh, the the part of Kanye that a lot of people don't appreciate is that he is a bit of a cornball <laughs> geek nerd, right? Like there was an interview he did in two thousand and five, I think, or early in his career, where he was just like, you know, when I took flights with Jay Z, and he'd be like, let's watch The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, <laughs> Part Three, and he's like. Kanye's like, I want to watch Anchorman or Mean Girls. Like he's, he's trying to watch like these other kind of just funny cultural movies. And, and so it's like he infuses that corniness into his music. And sometimes it is cringeworthy. And there are, I think there are a few too many cringeworthy lines on this album for, for my liking. But hey, I like the attempt. And, and like, I will say the best version of it um, is the Bleach Butthole line. It, it because... Um, first of all, it's memorable. Everyone screams it at the concert. Yeah. Like, like everyone loves, like it works. Like, um, it's just like, um, I think the worst crime is if it's unmemorable or if you forget it. Um, but then also it kind of like, you're so busy thinking about that, that he goes into this vulnerable verse and then goes into part two, which is even more vulnerable. You're so focused on that, that he could get this thing out. Basically. I, I think that the main thing with Kanye's corniness is that he's rarely corny in a way where he thinks he's being deep. Like he sort of knows he's being corny because the worst corny is when people come up with like, you know, when they just try to come up with something that sounds deep, but it's just lazy and kind of dumb. Like he doesn't do that. So, you know, like he, 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 like, it totally makes sense that he comes up with a funny idea, almost like a, like a bad send up comedian, you know, like, yeah. Like why do they call them checks? Why don't they call them little squares or whatever it is? You know, that's that's good. Like, whoa. (laughs) Your next YouTube, your next YouTube uh, video, you got to put that in somehow, some way. Uh, and then my last low light is just famous. I I, I think the song is awesome. I, I, I'm of two minds. I think it's an awesome art piece. Um, the music video and the song itself. Um, it's so Kanye. It's so him. It's so like he's expressing himself fully and stuff like that. I think the breakdown is awesome at the end with the um, Swizz Beats and like all that stuff. Just like excellently produced and stuff like that. It's so awesome. Rihanna's awesome. Uh, you know, like I just wish it didn't pan out the way it did with the Taylor thing. That makes me so sad. Like, cause I think I like you, Sky. I think like Taylor and Kanye are pretty neck and neck in terms of like yeah. artistry, yep. like impact and stuff like that. Um, although like 
Kanye has like more fields and stuff like that. He has like more like yeah. you know buckets or whatever. Um, but the idea like, um, and there's a moment where they were like friendly and friends with each other and stuff like that. And then just like, I just wish it ended up in the situation where it was like, um, Kanye did the line at the show, and then everyone went like, "Boo! We love Taylor. Don't do that to our girl." And then Taylor came out and went like, "Tee hee hee! We all planned it. We talked to each other and stuff like that." Like, and that was the end of it. Yeah. I wish it was like that. I don't love that um, he filmed this conversation. I don't love that. You know, Taylor did lie about like saying like he warned Kanye about the misogynist message in it. Like that that. Not that did not happen in the conversation, stuff like that. And like when I watched the entire 25 minute phone <laughs> conversation <laughs> wow. for this, and I was like, oh, they really like each other, they really respect each other as artists and stuff like that. And like she's asking, he's like opening up about like being in debt and stuff like that. And she's like, Hey, why don't you do this? And stuff like that. And they really like, she's like, Hey, thank you so much for calling me in the first place, you know, and like she found the line funny, but she also like said like, Hey, I don't know about this. This is a little weird. I, 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 I'm on Taylor's side mostly on this basically. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't think there's a side to be, it's just a, yep. it's a misunderstanding at best. And it's just really corny at worst. Like, because, because of that whole recording, but also he prefaces that line by saying, for all my Southside enemies that know me best. So he's not talking to Taylor's fan base. He's like having a conversation with his, and again, this is very toxic, obviously, but masculinity is toxic by nature. So he's having a masculine moment where he's saying in his toxicity, yo, to my guys, yeah, this this person, I made her famous using a, a word that, that shouldn't be used. Yeah, that's all it is. It's not that big of a deal where it's like, oh my gosh, like, oh, poor Taylor. Oh, Kanye should be like, that's, I don't think it's that serious. I think it's just a line. He thought that she was cool with it. She clearly had doubts about it from the get go. They were friends at the moment. And then when it came out, her fans hated it. So she couldn't have been like, hey guys, I actually allowed Kanye to call me a bitch on, on record. She couldn't say that. Like it's, that's her fan base. And he can't be like, Oh, well, you know, you're right, Taylor. I should remove that line. That's it's Kanye West. So it's yeah, like, and I think like that is like, you could talk to misunderstanding, like, okay, you know, it's sad that it happened that way. But like, I think the famous video is like a new threshold that's just like he crossed a lot. And like, again, I'm of two minds because I think that video is awesome in terms of just <laughs> like, in case you haven't seen it, it's just like a bunch of like naked celebrities in a bed and like you, they hold on it for like 10 minutes and it's like, really uncomfortable and the point is like why are we getting this why are we watching this you know like this mm -hmm. is like and it's literally at the end it's like thank you to all these celebrities because they're famous and that's why you know it's just like the same reason i get to watch this stupid video of like the phone conversation and the same reason we see north at a fashion show and paparazzi are bothering a 10 year old girl like that it's just like and like the reason you could look at a naked celebrity if you want to is like, why? Be and like, he's just like pointing, like, he's like pointing out and saying like, this is just the way it is. Like, this is just like, we let this happen and stuff like that. I'm not doing anything that provocative, actually. I'm just like showing you what is the world. I don't know. But it's also, it sucks. It's a violation. It is so toxic. It's violating. It's revenge porn. 
it sucks. <laughs> like at the same time. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to come across as too much of an apologist. First of all, having havoc of mob deep Kanye and Swizz beats, just the amount of times that he gets multiple of the greatest producers of all time at the same time working together, like when he was working with the RZA, it's just in like, we're just so spoiled. We can just like not even really mention that like two of the great, most important producers of the nineties are on this track. But like that, that moment, the VMA moment, like I, I often, you know, I have this big map behind me. I, I always have a big map because it's good for kids to learn geography. But if I could have any image like eight foot by four foot on a wall, it would be Kanye and Taylor at the VMAs. Because <laughs> like that is, I mean, th- I mean, that is such an important and crystallizing moment. And Kanye is not right that he made her famous, but he did make her famous like that moment brought her from she's a mega superstar country person to an avatar of white womanhood that a bunch of racists could then be angry at black people for for no reason put her in the paparazzi in a way that she wasn't in before like he didn't make her talented he didn't make her popular he didn't write her music but as far as being famous, like that made Kanye famous even more than the than the the George Bush doesn't like black people. Like that, the idea of fame is this terrible thing. I, I, I mean, I think I think it's just great, and I think that having sex line is great, even if it doesn't have the preface behind it, because it's obviously so audacious. And then he talks about his wife's ex boyfriend who has a sex tape i mean he's not like you know he's he he really is doing it to himself at the same time putting him there i mean i I think taylor had to say that it was offensive because because it is understood as being i made i made taylor swift recognized in the public sphere which is not true i made her successful which isn't true but no i mean i think it's i think it's a great i think the the video is a great document of fame i think the song is a great document of fame i think that taylor swift and and kanye are like superman versus batman or whatever like (laughs) like like you know like every time wolverine meets the hulk they have to fight for 45 minutes eventually (laughs) eventually taylor swift and kanye are going to work together because they're the so. most in, like, they're the most interesting they're, they're, they're the most all. interesting and vital artists everything i said about kanye is what taylor does too taylor shifts the zeitgeist every time she does something she is all about being an artist she is the she actually is she is doing the thing kanye bitched online for for three months about owning his masters and taylor just fucking remade all of her own music like I guarantee you nobody on earth appreciates what Taylor Swift did more than Kanye. Like, because Taylor's actually walking the walk that Kanye was complaining about for Twitter for pages after pages. And like the, the, the difference though is Taylor is like the agents in the matrix and Kanye is like Neo Taylor is still working within the rules of the system. Yeah. Right. So the, the 2010 VMAs, when Taylor dropped her new record, it was a Kanye, I forgive you oh record. God. Yeah, I hate that. Which was just like, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone remembers it, but it was just like a blah. Whereas Kanye drops Runaway. Yeah. He doesn't say, I'm sorry. He says, hey, run away from me. Yeah. You know, toast to the douchebags, which I'm part of. 
I know all of them. And then he becomes, so it's like he, and I, and I like Taylor a lot. Like I think Taylor is, like you said, one of, if not the most important artist from a, from a pop perspective since the kind of NJ Whitney kind of era. Like she's, she's that big uh, to her own merit, right? Like, like you said, Kanye did not make her famous, but I like how you say, it, <laughs> but he made her famous. Like, yeah, like he made her more famous, but they will never work together because Taylor still needs to work within the system. Kanye is out of the system. He's out. So out of market forces out. Like, yeah. Yeah. So th- how can Taylor ever collaborate with the guy who threatened Pete Davidson, made remarks about his his now ex-wife online? The guy who wore the MAGA hat. Like Taylor can't. Like it's against her brand. So they'll never mesh like that. But they're both it important. It might be possible after she does all her masters the, but I don't think like she can get, I don't think she'll get to a place where she'll be like, I'm cool with this guy now, but I think that's more. I mean, problem. never. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, okay. Never. The Smiths never. are never getting back together. <laughs> right. The Smiths yeah. are never getting back together, but, but Taylor and Kanye, I mean, 20 years from now, they are going to still be ridiculously relevant artists because they have that much creativity. If they're both alive in 2040, you're trying to tell me that a couple of 60 year old, they're not going to record like a cool kind of hip hop country album. And people are going to be like, it's going to be on NPR and shit. And everyone's going to be like, this is just for old people. But then you actually hear it. And I'm hopefully still doing my show then. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm like, I said, this was going to happen. I told Stanley, I told Stanley. <laughs> yeah, no chance. 0% chance that I, I think they're. Think. I think it's more likely that Pete Davidson and Kanye West have a comedy special. Oh, than, that too. <laughs> than I think I think Kanye and Pete would be like, "Hey, you know what? It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny moment. Let's let's write about it." I'm, I'm just really happy I came up with that famous line. I, I didn't think of that beforehand, but that's yeah. that's working pretty well as a thesis. So yeah, we're we're coming towards the end. Let's get through final thoughts and ring. Like yeah, let's get through final thoughts okay. on this album. Um, do you guys want to do ratings? Do you want to rate this out of ten? How do you feel? If you want, I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just do it. Why not? It's fun. Uh, like also just like making Sky do something he doesn't want, like making Sky <laughs> like break format. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, um, yeah, the way this works is uh we'll rate this album out of 10 with a fun metric at the end. And then I'll like uh, and then just like give like your final thoughts on this album, like how why you feel that way. So uh Stanley, we turn to you first. Yeah, um, I, I gave it nine waves out of 10, both the, the water form and also me waving at Kanye as he's leaving the stage. Um, I think I think it's it's his most important album in the grand scheme of things. I think like in moments like Dark Fantasy was the most important college dropout was 808 Jesus. But this one was the one that let us know that, hey, like he's achieving what he wants to achieve. He's still very vulnerable and flawed. And things aren't gonna get better, so so it, it's in that in that kind of frame. I think that there's a real importance to Life of Pablo. It's also the album that people from a younger generation will still gravitate towards and like love it and accept it. Whereas the other albums, the Yays, the Donda, well Donda kind of, but the Yays, the Kissy Goes, like it's still hard for some people to digest because of everything that came around with it. Uh, this is still like an amazing moment in the lore of Kanye West, like that Kid Cudi Kanye picture of them dancing in Madison Square Garden, him being like, yo, Young Thug wants to take over the Ox 
and it being like a listening <laughs> part to Thug and Pusha. And everyone just was like, yo, let me get in there too. And the iconic shot of the family, the Kardashians being there at the, the height of their infiltration of like Black America. Like it's just awesome. It's just a really, <laughs> a really amazing timeless moment. And the album itself lives up to the hype. So Pablo, Pablo, Pablo. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to give this uh, nine reticent depictions of monogamy out of 10. Uh, <laughs> I think this is um, this is a capital G great album. I like this better than fantasy. Um, I just think like fantasy is like, so he's trying to make everybody happy, which is un feels very unkanye to me, to me, like, as chaotic and as unconventional and as like infuriating and difficult and you know this album is it's also very coherent to me very coherent because it captures so many angles of a person so many angles of humanity that it feel that it feels more honest than any other album that's just like, let me talk about this one thing that I'm thinking about. You know, it feels like a self-portrait that's like very complete. Um, and beyond that, it's just awesome to listen to. Like, I think the production is some of his best ever. It's so adventurous and bold. None of them are like, he knows how to do hip hop beats, but like he rarely just like leans on that as like a crutch. Um, whereas like, it's all like so unconventional, so weird, like so all encompassing a genre, like he, he, him and his team are just like, have this mastery. That's really impressive. And yeah, it's just fun. It's good. It's, it's just fun to listen to like play in the car or whatever. So, uh, nine out of 10. All right. So I'm, I'm uh, I don't do ratings on my show. Um, mainly because <laughs> Anyone who has a rating, I always just skip to the end and see what they say, even if I like what they say. That's the main reason I don't do it. So I would give this an attack of the clones out of 10. So um, <laughs> so it's it's still by the master. It's still an amazingly ambitious and absolutely wonderful piece of art that is better than every other blockbuster that has been released in the past 20 years since Attack of the Clones came out. I don't know, Jurassic Park out. Dominion is pretty good. Like, <laughs> we, all, we all love that. <laughs> so so it it's still jam-packed with innovations and amazing thoughts and connections. But much like Attack of the Clones, it's one of the weaker versions of this world and of this artist <laughs> because it doesn't, it falls apart in some places. Um, so I'm just being kind of a wise ass. So, I mean, because I, I really think that every Kanye album is a 10 out of 10 compared to everything else that there is. So I'll do a separate scale for out of out of Kanye's thing. I would say for Kanye, it's an eight. So it's still a very good album. But I think it, I mean, to say that it's as good as Yeezus is obscene or to say that, you know, I, I, you know it's, but I mean, I also hold Yeezus at such a high standard. Um, so yeah, so that's, that, that I, I'm, I'm going to give it an attack of the clones out of 10. <laughs> That's good. Like you found a way to like do your own thing. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> give it more abstract. Um, well, thank you so much, guy. This is like, yeah, this is great. So thrilling. I, I like not everyone would indulge this. Like, and also like, I was like, so I was like really nervous to like have you on our show. Cause I like hold your, 
um, your YouTube channel in such high esteem. But like, it just like felt like hanging out with some guy's dad or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, that's done a little bit at the end. So I, I could end but it I loved by it. one syllable earlier. I would have been fine. But, uh, you know. But like, some guys' dad are great. All right. <laughs> are great. Yeah. Like, um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like, I, this is so like easy and so like, uh, I don't know. I just like really. I had a great time. So uh, thank you so much, Sky. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stanley, you have anything you'd like to plug, like any like socials or anything like that? Uh, not not currently. No, I'm kind of off the grid, 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 grid. Shout to Donda. Um, but um, follow Sky, Professor Sky. <laughs> Check out his YouTube channel out. It's very good. Really good stuff there. I I, I would love. I want to ask you really quickly. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? What's your number one? Well, I mean, it's it's Return of the Jedi, um, but that's because what matters most to me is the is the the relationship between you know the Emperor and, and Vader and Luke. That's what that's what means the most to me. But I, it's really hard. It's like Kanye albums. It's like I I, lo- I just I love them. I mean, they all change and stuff like that. There are six Star Wars movies, and I love all six Star Wars movies essentially equally. So and I like the I like the new ones too. I, I actually like seven, eight, they're nine. Fun. I think they're great. They're just not Star Wars movies. Because if Kanye died and someone made an album that sounds like Kanye, you wouldn't go, oh, there's a Kanye album. You'd go, oh, there's <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's inspired by this guy. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that's called Strawbell inspired. Like, and like I really loved your point. I just like he can't, he hasn't sold Kanye yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He hasn't like, you know, like Disney hasn't bought Kanye West catalog and meant like you know the rise of college dropout too <laughs> yeah. <whatever>. just like <laughs> somehow mr like, west is returned chewy <laughs> chewy we're hope to the wire again um but yeah like where can uh sky where can we people find you and where yeah well i mean definitely i mean i, I want to thank i want to thank you all for you know having me on too because it's you know I, I really i really just like talking about this stuff and and this sort of goes if if anyone is a fan of you and a fan of me and they do stuff like this i'm very happy to talk to anybody like if anybody likes my stuff i will probably like to talk to them because you know like you know it's like you know because you're a podcaster like you are probably pretty close to who you are here you know so like it it just kind of works out like i i, I talked to um tracks from abroad do, do you know them stanley no okay so it's out of ut are you in, you're in toronto you said right no I, I live in ottawa okay ottawa. okay that's yeah. pretty far away um <laughs> but um in which case you have to hear that album by uh hull have you heard hull yet by d-track I have not. Oh, it's. I mean, it's all. In, it's all in Quebecois, but it's mostly. No, it's all produced by Nicholas Craven, who's like one of the best retro producers. Uh, and it's all in very thick Quebecois accent. It's hilarious. I love it. Uh, but it's a really, really good album. Um, but anyway, so like the guy in in Toronto was like, he does a show where he talks to people from around the world, and he just asked me to be on, and it was great. It was super fun. So I'd like to plug people. Oh, out. I'd like to plug people asking me to do things because it's, it's, it's really <laughs> fun. Uh, but no, yeah. so it's professor sky's record review. That's my, my channel on YouTube. I do new music review. I, 
you know, I, I am actually a professor and I did get my doctorate. Um, but the reality is that um, being a humanities professor at a small public arts, I mean, public college is not very glamorous. I don't get to do a lot of what I've learned. I just get pushed around by the administration. I it's, it's kind of hard. So um, I love the channel because I get to just show up and if I'm talking about Tyler, the creator, and he uses the word Baudelaire, Sweet, I get to talk about Baudelaire for forty-five minutes, and then, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then people watch it. So yeah, yeah. So if that's uh, interesting to you, have a listen. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you get a. Uh, oh yeah, I have this uh, side channel. It's called the Needle Drop. It's pretty good. Um, but like, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Andrew A. Lee on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the show at IBMT LTT on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You can follow Michael Limitado at Michael Limitaco on instagram and twitter you follow sean at diabetic twink on instagram and twitter and uh yeah like sky what would you like to play us out on with like <laughs> well i was i was gonna say uh 30 hours but apparently no one else 30 likes hours. 30 hours <laughs> i just love the part of the i just think rings. it's like a drake song i just think he like he's too influenced by drake like in that song in my well, i mean drake wrote it so that makes sense no 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 we'll do fade we'll do fade fade's great fade's a good outro it's got the house thing he predicted the house renaissance of 2022 six years ago so <laughs> all right thanks everybody have a good day Bye. Thank you, everybody. click I think too much.